on episode 93 of Pixel Gaiden. Six good Atari Jaguar games. Eric gets a new JVC system. Cody plays with paladins. And Tim catches up on Game Pass. We get some extra feedback on our top 50 arcade games. Eric finds another awesome local pickup. I watch a bad sci-fi movie from my past. Tim gets some time on the Spectrum next. And it's Windjammers all over again. The funk of 40,000 years. I don't know what that means, but it's Halloween time. <laughs> On Pixel Gaiden. Was that right. um, was that Michael Jackson? That was that was Vincent Price on the Michael Jackson thriller song, yeah, right? The funk the of, funk of 40,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Pixel Gaiden, your number one place for all things retro video game and retro video game related. Yes. I'm your host number two of two, Cody Hoffman. <laughs> And this is Eric Nelson. Somehow I made it to number one this episode. That's cool. Heck yeah. I'm host number one. It's your rapping skills. I was impressed. <laughs> uh, happy Halloween, All Hallows Eve to y'all. Yes. It's so um, spooky tonight. Yeah, we'll make it. What are we going to do? Like a, uh, We'll do a vampire accent every once in a while. That's how we'll make this uh, Halloween related. Uh, 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 uh. My Dracula. I want to play 8-bit games. <laughs> I want to play a game that doesn't suck. <laughs> um, well, you came to the wrong episode, because on this episode, we're talking about six Atari Jaguar games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> six good Atari Jaguar games. Tim will be joining us for that. Tim Drew, our brother from another country. Um, People are like giving this episode a double look right now, going, six good what games? Six good, Jaguar huh? games? Are you kidding? We'll be doing that later on in the episode. Before that, we're going to go ahead and have, again, have Tim on here. We're going to catch up with our daily lives, what we've been doing, all things retro and retro-inspired. Catching Um, up. Catching up. We had such a long couple of episodes uh, last month that uh, I think we're going to skip the game show this month. But we do have Eric's take today. Eric's take, yeah, on the JVC XI, a very rare find in the wild. Uh, it is a Genesis machine that does plays Genesis and Sega CD. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, make sure yeah. everyone knows we are part of the Amigos Retro Video Game Network. Network? Excuse yeah. me. Yes. Um, so if you have not heard of the other shows on our network, check them out, including Amigos Everything Amiga, ARG Presents, Sprite Castle, which is all about the Commodore 64, uh, The Coco Show, about the Tandy Color Computer line of computers from Radio Shack here in America, and um, what am I forgetting? Ar Sinclair on the Spectrum. Yep. These guys just it's keep on pumping gold. out shows. Yeah, it's all yeah. solid gold. You know, the Sprite Castle was, I uh, listened to it today, it was covering Satan's Hollow, which is a fantastic game. I was game. also listening to it today, yes. Yeah, which which I want to say that maybe he listened to our show and we were talking about Satan's Hollow last month. No, I've never played it on the Commodore, though, so it made me want no. to try the Commodore version. I played it on Commodore a lot. That's probably the first place I ever played it. 
and what's also interesting is I was just reading um, the issue of Retro Gamer magazine that had Sonic on the cover recently. It might have been yeah, I saw that three yeah. months ago or two months ago, and uh, they had a whole section on one particular guy that was an artist that did a lot of um, uh, marquees and like the actual arcade cabinet art. Oh wow! And yeah, there's a whole page on him when he did Satan's Hollow. So everything's just kind of coming all full circle on that game. It is right weird, now. but it's the right time of season for it. <laughs> there you go. Satan's Hollow is a great arcade game. <laughs> um, so yeah. we're going to start off this episode like we try to do every episode with a few quick questions. I'll get you next time, Pixel Gaiden. All right, I'm going to try that again because apparently the uh, the gnome, the evil gnome, came <laughs> back and joined the show. And threatened us. <laughs> Sweet. My goodness, that note will not leave us alone. You know what? We're already having the Halloween-themed um, issues here. So let's go ahead and try that again. We're going to hop into some quick questions. Quick questions. Ah, what happened to your pants? What did happen to your pants, Eric? What did happen to them? <laughs> I can do without him. Dude, that gnome still... We should call him a gremlin at this point, because he keeps like messing with the computer and the, and the keyboard <laughs> and the sounds. Um, yogurt! And now he wants some yogurt. <laughs> I love the yogurt. Uh, quick questions. If you're part of our Discord server, we, uh, we allow you access to ask us questions. We'll answer on the air. <laughs> yes. Keep them short, please. <laughs> please, keep them short. We have three questions here from our Discord members. And Eric, do you want to start us off? Actually, with... it's your question is next, right? Is it one, two, three? We have a lot more than three questions. All right, we got some we work do, to but... do. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, we, yeah. got, we got more questions. That's fine. They're quick, in theory. Yep. We should make them quick. Eric, Let's my question it. is, what yep. is the most controversial thing that you consider retro? Yeah. Um my favorite console, probably of the of the modern era, I think I start. I'm starting to consider retro, and that's the Xbox 360. And you consider this 360 retro? Okay, okay. I would, I would find that controversial. Yes. And the funny thing is that I do have a dividing line. Like I think the first two three years of the console's life, which that console ran the game for like 13 years. I mean, that that. That's the longest console I think that that was relevant. Like it just went on and on. Yeah. But I think the games that came out for it from the first two or three years, I think I I in my mind I consider retro. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gran Turismo Five came out on the Xbox 360, and it's still going strong. Eric, just saying. Gran Turismo. That yeah. came out. That's a oh, PlayStation. That's sorry, a Sony. I'm sorry. Grand Theft Auto yeah. Five is what I meant to say. Grand Theft Auto. Yep. Yes, but yes. they came out much later in its life. Just saying. That's what I'm saying. It's a 360 game. We're still playing to this day. Yep. Yep. Uh, my answer uh, was unique, and that is because you'll notice I said the most controversial thing that I consider yeah. retro. Yeah. I'm going to say the Raspberry Pi One Model A. Yeah. Is it is even by Raspberry Pi standards now very limited. Very. <laughs> it is very limited, and I, I had one running like some critical function in my home network for a long time, and then. Literally, like the the USB plug that powers it broke off. Yeah, and uh, and I had to retire it and move it up to like a Raspberry Pi two or three or something. And even in my like old main machine back there, I'm still running around. I'm rocking the Raspberry Pi two in there. Like I've got I've got two threes and and a 
a four in keyboard form, but they don't feel yeah. retro to me. That first one does to the point where it's like you can't find one. They're probably yeah. more expensive than a two or a three or a four at this point. That's true. And they yeah, have right. like older USBs that you, that they don't make anymore. Like nothing plugs into it that's current. Yeah. Like it's retro now. That's true. Anyways. Yeah. You got our second uh, question here. From Mitsuyama from and the these Discord. Are, and these are getting a little less game related. Yeah, that's so, okay. I, I don't mind the less game related quick questions. Yeah, quick questions. Sure. Now that you finally met Tim in person, what surprised you most about him? Uh, so my honest answer was I was surprised at how little I was surprised by who he was in person because he's exactly the person that I've seen on my computer and over the phone and on the show. Yeah. I was expecting right. him mm-hmm. to be like crazy tall or crazy short or some when I met him in person have some glaring difference and he did not. He was Tim and he acted like Tim and he was yeah. composed like Tim and well-spoken like Tim. Yeah, exactly. Um, for me, uh, what surprised you most about him? Probably the rampant racism. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not going to be smirched in there. Um, he's oh, not racist hilarious. at all. I was not expecting that. That was um, fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, one, one thing that I guess not surprised me, but I was delighted about was that, you know, Tim and I commuted to your house like quite a few times and that's a long drive. And during those drives, we actually, we would, we would go through a drive through and we pick up coffee and we'd go to your house and we would talk about basically nostalgia, but not game related, like growing up, like the things we had similar growing up. Yep. And I'm not going to get into personal stuff, but it was like, there were quite a few things that, I that like we did uh, in parallel, like like very similar things. We our upbringing was different, definitely, but there were a lot of more similarities than differences, and I found that pretty interesting. So, and for those um, listening, Tim Tim lives in the UK, so yes. obviously we have an American perspective. He has a he's literally on the other side of the world, so yep. So he expects no, a lot I mean, of differences, but I agree with your say. You're saying though he's exactly who he came across as which 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 is good in it in and of itself because yeah. you didn't want to get somebody here and then all of a sudden you're like oh my goodness i mean i, I we put them up in our houses you don't want some kind of <laughs> some kind of I mean, as, or aside from that rampant racism you know exactly <laughs> again joking i think Just that was joking. hilarious that you threw that out there but i love it i love it but yeah no he's he's a good dude and he's not at all that way nope. um the next one on here is from Josh Malone, 48K Ram, who loves asking questions, which I appreciate. Yep. What is the longest streak you've had on a single vintage computer? Uh, so that in and of itself doesn't mean much to me, but then he follows it up by saying, like, how long have you gone with a single machine out and played on a regular basis? Yep. And he's, his answer was, my longest is probably about a month on the A1200 after I got it, but then I always have to give up the bench to another machine. So... I I I, I got to say, your question, your Cody, your answer is going to be much different than mine, and I think I'm more think in so? line with Josh. I think we have less real estate. Like we have, you have a lot of room to be able to p- put up a machines to where they're just out and available when you need them. Like, well, I do like, now, uh, but for you the do most now part, I exactly. Didn't. So maybe you can talk about like when you had it before. Um, 
I used to have my C64 out all the time because I loved playing things on the C64. It stayed out while the other ones rotated in. And, I, and, and he said specifically computers because all my consoles are out all the time. They literally just need to be plugged into electricity and plugged into my composite and I'm playing them. So I'm not yeah, going to take a, They don't take as much space because they don't have a keyboard and a mouse and exactly. peripherals. You know, and all the peripherals, yeah. all that crap. Um, it's changed for me a little bit now. My A1200 is out all the time now. It's sitting here right next to me. I use it all the time for BBSing, for playing games, for uh, doing all, playing mod files. I love it. It's out all the time. So my answer right now is going to be the A1200, but it used to be the C64 probably before I moved in this game room. So even when I didn't have room, I made yep. a little stand for my TV to go on specifically so that I can leave my Commodore 64 underneath it at all times. And then there was a space next to it for a game system and or other computer and have a little switcher. So I always had a spot for some system to go, but the Commodore was always permanently plugged in. So that's, I mean, that's my answer. The Commodore has always been plugged in, um, or, or at least the closest thing to it. And the main reason for me is not honestly, not because I have nostalgia for the Commodore because I don't, it's as new to me as any other, the computers I have, it's just the retro scene constantly comes out with new stuff for the Commodore mm-hmm. and it's always in use because there's yeah. so much content for it. Modern yep. content. And I talk about it all the time because I do have heavy yep. nostalgia for it. So for me, I, I mean, that's a very obvious answer. I'm, I'll give a second place because I think that one is kind of near and dear to my heart and it's because it's more like the NES and that is the MSX is by far my second most yeah. constantly in use computer. And of course, right now, I mean, right now I have, the Commodore hooked up to my main TV, and then I've got the Mega 1200, the TI 994A Texas Instruments, the MSX2, and then an Apple at the far end. So I've kind of got these permanently set up, um, and most of them I can just swap out the computer to use that whatever monitors there. But yeah, uh, you know the the A1200 and the MSX are, are kind of always connected as well now. So awesome. That's my answer, Mr. Josh we, Malone. We have one more. You skipped over. Oh wow! Here. I skipped one. Yep, so for another one from Pajaco6502. He says, I heard mention in the podcast about you guys coming to the UK. Is there something you both really want to do or see in the UK if you do visit? I'll let you answer that, Cody. So I have a... So I, I visited the UK when I was a teen with my family. So a lot mm-hmm. of the touristy stuff I've done, mm-hmm. which leaves that out of it. And it's kind of funny because it's kind of like Tim's visit here. A lot of the stuff I would be interested in. Now, realistically, if I go to the UK, my whole family's coming. We're, it, my my family's not going to let me go by myself. They all are going to want to come. It's going to be yeah. a family thing. So it'll, it won't be this way. But if it were up to me, if I did what Tim did, yeah, my interest would be going to like car boot sales or random shops and finding stuff that over there probably doesn't seem like a big deal. Um. I feel like stuff's still fairly cheap over there. So, like, random Amstrad computers or parts or ZX Spectrum machines that I don't yet own that might be, like, 40 pounds and be like, oh, that might be too much for one of those. Well, compared to what stuff's going for over here, like, that's pennies. So, I'd love to pick that stuff up. I'd love to pick up magazines, crash magazines, all that stuff that's just uh, cassettes. Cassettes. So for me, it would honestly be kind of like a shopping spree kind of thing. Like, I want to go see all this cool stuff. Um, 100%. 100%. I wouldn't want to do any touristy stuff at all. 
I want to see like uh, Tim's village where he lives. I would want to like go to any retro gaming stores in a hundred mile radius. Um, I'd I'd want to just I want to go to those weird mead sheds or whatever they were called. <laughs> were <those laughs> yeah. things? I want to go try those. I want to go to pubs. Um, I don't want to do touristy stuff. I would love, I love doing just little town stuff, like chilling out, playing video games, hanging out with his family. Live, really, I living like I, the locals. I, yep, exactly. I, w- I would like to go to, um, is it, uh, oh, I'm, I can't believe it, Hethel. I'm forgetting the name already. That's embarrassing. But anyways, I'd like to go see, uh, where, where the Lotuses are made. Mm, <laughs> Lotus yeah. cars. Sure. That would be cool. There's a couple of little things like that that I'd have to see while I'm over there. But I've, you know, I've, I've seen Stonehenge. I've been to London and I don't need to do it again personally, but all right, Eric, there's going to be a weird pause in that part. And that's because my wife just decided to walk in and she handed me a beer that we were drinking last episode. Yeah. And it is the Crooked Lane Oktoberfest. Delicious. And it's funny because I'm now reading the text that she's been sending me while we've been recording she let me know that she is what she was up to, blah, blah, blah. And then she just wrote a letter or an, a, a quick sentence along with a picture of the Oktoberfest beer. And it says, this is not good. You can have it. And so she brought it over for me to finish. <laughs> wow. But she, yeah. She's uh, very opinionated. It's either good or bad. Those are the two things. And she's not a fan of Crooked Lane. And I don't think she typically likes... Um, Anything with any kind of hop character, which this had some, we kind of pointed out last episode. So, so she doesn't like IPAs. She likes hazies. She loves hazies. Those have hop profiles up I the wazoo. Know. I don't. She doesn't like West Coast IPAs by any by any means. No. Okay. Okay. I can respect that because I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I was just uh, harping on the fact that I don't need to see London or the uh, or other things yeah. like that again. Um, right. When I went over there, we also went to Liverpool and saw, you know, the the cavern where the Beatles, like, for, you know, were first playing before they made it big and all that stuff, too. But um, anyways, I love to go over there. Cool. Hang out with Tim Tim. Um, that brings us up to the point of the show where we are going to let people hear what we're all about. And then we'll dive right on in to Eric's take all about the JVC XI. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos podcast. You can reach us on Twitter using at pixel underscore guiden. You can reach Eric at the project. That's at D-U-H-P-R-O-J-E-C-T. And you can reach Cody at oddball which is at oddba1149 you can also reach me that's tim at sanxion and that's at s-a-n-x-i-o-n please review us on itunes or apple podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use it really helps us out you can email us on podcast at pixel guiden.com and we'd love any feedback and also please let us know if we've done anything wrong and we'll mention it on the next show 
We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on pixel guide and using our random adjective generator and this month we're getting cozy next to the fireplace This is Eric Nelson with Pixel Gaiden, and this month I wanted to talk about the new acquisition I talked about last month, which is the JVC XI. Um, I'm doing something a little unique this time where I am recording the audio for this 
simultaneously with the video that I will post on YouTube so that people can see this uh, kind of rare item for themselves on the video. So this will be all in one take. So uh, I'm sure I will be hemming and hawing and making mistakes, but I'm just going to power through this and and talk a little bit about this machine. So if you didn't hear listen last month, uh, the way I acquired this is uh, when Tim was here in town, I uh, stopped off at my local um, retro gaming store. And basically, I've, I've developed a rapport with them. This, the, the place is called Legacy Toys and Games. And uh, I asked him if he had anything interesting in the back. It's kind of the secret password. And he brought out two or three things. And the one thing that leapt out was the JVC XI, which um, it was completely covered in dirt and dust. And it was just the unit itself plus a power supply, quote, unquote. Uh, the reason I say that is that when I grabbed the power supply and shook it, first of all, it wasn't an official one to begin with. But when I shook it, all the parts inside were loose. So I didn't use that at all. So what I got was uh, this this unit right here is the JVC XI. It is um, cleaned up quite a bit, obviously, because I've been using it and testing it, but getting ahead of myself here. So Tim and I uh, made the deal and got a very good deal for this and brought it home and basically um and then oh i'm sorry so before we went home we went to a couple of other little retro stores and were able to get um a power supply we found one locally this unit takes the same power supply as the genesis 2 so the genesis 2 system um it is the same power unit for that so i was able to get that pretty easily and then when we got it home and plugged it in and tested it, it worked. Uh, the The cartridge port worked right out of the gate. Um, and, and of course, first thing I did was clean this up. I mean, I, I, I wiped the outside of it. I opened the CD tray, opened it, cleaned it inside and out, um, and then plugged a cartridge in the power supply in, and it worked. It worked like a charm. Um, and then we tried a CD. So I burned a CD and popped it in there and it did not work. Um, and I expected that this system was, he, he, the guy at the Legacy Toys and Games told me that this system was untested. Um, so Tim and I began kind of rolled up our sleeves and we began kind of troubleshooting it. First thing we did was we opened this, uh, the lid and cleaned the laser inside of it. Uh, the lighting on this video is going to be really poor. I apologize, but we just took a Q-tip and cleaned that lid out uh, or the lens and plugged it all back in and still didn't work. So what I usually do when I'm troubleshooting CD or DVD, DVD based systems is that I open the lid, especially PlayStation's, when I opened the lid, I popped a disc in and then held the little button that tells the, the unit, hey, there's a disc inside of here. Did that, and it it still didn't really work. We got it to work about one out of five times, uh, and then even then it would just bail after it started the game right away. So I kind of knew that it was reading it. And so Tim and I were kind of scratching our heads, kind of wondering what was going on, and then something caught my ear when it, when this, when the disc was spinning, that it was, I could hear kind of a drag on there. 
Um, so this little thing underneath the lid, um, the little thing that spins around and holds the disc down, it basically was frozen. It was not spinning at all. So when you close the lid, that little plunger pushes down on the disc to make sure the laser reads it evenly as it spins. So grab some WD-40, popped it in there, kind of actuated that, which is a fancy word for I just spun it around a bunch of times and tested it. Boom. That was it. Worked perfectly after that. Um, made sure the lens was perfectly clean and everything. And it has worked ever since. So um, just got a tremendous value on these because these are pretty rare. So I did do a little research on this uh, system. First, I want to just kind of go over it. So this is a little bigger than the Genesis one, uh, but not much bigger. Um, it is a system that has the CD, the Sega CD on one side, and then a cartridge port for uh, regular Genesis games or Mega Drive. If you're from Europe, there's two buttons on the top here. There is a power button and a reset button, and they're big, chunky buttons, which is pretty cool. Um, and then making our way around here on the back, what I th found really cool is then in the back here is the power where the power supply goes in, but also a little port back here for um, the regular Genesis plug. So you can plug in like, or for AV, for, for the Genesis. So you could just get a Genesis cord, plug it right into the back there. Um, but the killer feature on this, which I think is really cool, is composite right in the back. So you have the yellow and then the red and white connectors right in the back. Um, and then the, in the middle is a little, uh, um, little uh, audio connector back there. Um, there's also a little where you can see they, this is a reduced model version, which I'll get to in a minute uh, with some of the research I did on this system. But there's a little blank place where you could see that they removed a port, and that was an S-Video port. The Wonder Mega, which is the cousin of this, is has an actual S-Video port in the back, which would be nice, but not necessary there. And then the only other ports on this thing, well, in the front, there's the joystick ports, two standard Genesis ports. But if we look on the other side here, some more interesting things unique to this unit. There's a volume uh, dial right here, but there's also a, a headphone port, which is pretty nice. But there's also a microphone port, which is um, interesting. So the research I did on this is that this system was very good for karaoke, which was very popular in Japan. You could pop a karaoke disc in here, which actually it shipped with one. And you could do your karaoke stuff, which I think is pretty neat. Um, and that's pretty much it for the ports around around this unit. Um, the, the unit is a pretty cool color. It's kind of a very dark navy blue, kind of. Um, hard to describe, but it's very pretty. So it's a very interesting system. So little, I did a bunch of research. I did it on the web, of course, you know, Wikipedia, Wikipedia didn't have anything on it actually, but there was some game like uh, retro console wikis that I kind of gleaned some information from. One great YouTube channel that I took some of this information from was the Gaming Historian. If you look up the Gaming Historian, look up JVCXI. I got a lot of the information from him and his video. It was an excellent video. Um, according to his video, um, only 10,000 units of this were sold 
Now, I went to a couple other websites, and there are varying numbers. So I don't know which one to believe. One was as high as 50,000 units. Um, he said 10,000. I don't know if that's just the United States. I have no idea. Basically, this is a pretty rare, rare unit, though. Um, I'd be surprised if it was as low as 10,000, especially worldwide. Um, I imagine it's more than that, but it's still pretty difficult to get. Um, this system released in 1994 for $500, which 1994 was, you know, things were winding down for the Genesis as well as the Sega CD um, device itself. Um, Sega had worked with Victory Entertainment to develop the the uh, CD or the, the audio portion of the Genesis. And because they had this relationship, they were given the license to kind of develop their own console. And they came out with the Victor Wonder Mega, which was a, looks a lot like this JVCXI, but it had a lot more options, a lot more going for it. Um, it was $600 at launch, though. Um, and that came out in 1992. Much more viable time to release a system like that. Um, and from what I understand, the Wonder Mega did sell pretty well, but it was still pretty pricey for... What it was, and then they came out the Wonder the Wonder Mega MR, I think it was, and that was kind of a cost reduced model, um, and it still didn't sell great. So they came out with this much more price reduced JVC XI, and when I say much more, it wasn't that much more because it was only like a hundred bucks less at five hundred dollars. Uh, they removed a bunch of stuff, and it still. You got to imagine that at this time, the the Sega had also released in ninety four the CDX, which does Sega CD and cartridge and is in a smaller format. Um, from what I understand, the CDX, I don't own one, but from what I understand, it is um, a lot less reliable than this system or the Wonder Megas. These things are built like tanks. So um, I, I opened this up just to clean it out, and it literally just opens like uh, there are no ribbons attached to the other side of the shell, if that makes sense. So when I opened up, it was very easy. Everything was laid out. Um, it was very straightforward. So there were there were no surprises in there. Um, here in the U.S., it came with Prize Fighter, which was a game for the um, which was a Sega CD game. It came with Compton's Encyclopedia, so that you could look up stuff in the encyclopedia. And like I said before, it came with Karaoke CD. Um, one interesting thing about this, which um, the gaming historian does show on his YouTube channel. The 32X does work on this. So you plug the 32X right into the cartridge slot here. But the only problem is once the 32X is in, you cannot open the CD drive because, as you can see, they're side by side um, and it just won't open. So the 32X will work, but you do cannot put a disc in there um, with that plugged in. Then there is the power base converter. It was the system thing that allowed you to play uh, Master System games. That does not work with this because the shape. So you can't, the power converter has kind of this clip-on thing that goes in the back of the Genesis. Won't work. So you cannot use the power base converter on that. Um, I found, I, found, I just found, I didn't know anything about this system until I saw it in that store. Um, I have been looking, I had been looking for a Sega CD for a long time, trying to find one that worked trying to find the right one that I kind of wanted. There was the big bulky one that fit underneath the Genesis. Then there was the CDX. Um, I've never seen a Wonder Mega out there for sale. I knew of the Wonder Megas. I didn't know that this was kind of a cousin of the Wonder Mega, but um, there you go. I mean, I, I got a really good price for it, and I'm very surprised that it worked, very happy that it worked. Um, and I've been really enjoying some of the Sega CD games. Um 
I, I've just been having a blast with this thing that's kind of become my daily driver. One last thing is when I was testing this system, I was using a standard Genesis controller because that's what I had. I have, I, I probably have two or three of these laying around and it works great on there. But the system did come with its own controller, which I very much wanted. So I went on eBay, kind of looked around. These things go for a lot of money and I basically paid more than I should have for this. Uh, so I got a great deal on the unit itself, but I kind of blew that on the controller. But I did want the official JVC controller. As you can see, if you're watching the video, it's labeled JVC, but it is identical to the Genesis controller. There is really no difference at all. It is the same shell. Everything's the same. The only difference is the color of the plastic is the same kind of dark navy blue. And there's a big J JVC logo right in the middle where on the Sega one, it says Sega Genesis. Um, but I wanted a complete set. So I got this and it works perfectly. Um, but I paid too much for it. So save, save the money on the unit, lost the money on the controller. Anyway, that is it for my segment. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. If you have any questions on this JVC X, and it's kind of like an XI. Um, it's kind of, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's X and then a um, apostrophe and I, in case you're looking, one of, looking up one of those. Um, if you have any questions on that, though, please email the podcast, uh, podcast at pixelguide.com or reach out to me on Twitter. And uh, I'll try to do my best answering it. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening this month. And I will see you next month. Thanks. All right, Eric, thank you so much for your take on the JVC. Quite oh, yes. an interesting listen, I must say. <laughs> and you have a video coming out, hopefully at this time. If we've, if we've timed this right, you have a video coming out on our Pixel Guide and YouTube page. A spooky one. Ooh, a spooky JVC episode. Uh, so head on over to, what is it, youtube.com forward slash Pixel Guide and check us out there. Um, yeah, cool, cool. Beer time. Yes, favorite time so the last beer and i say the last because again we've recorded the the other episode this month today as well in real time and uh they're both very octobery and folly in nature so the last one you picked out is from buffalo bills brewery and it's one of actually my favorite pumpkin ales comes from their brewery okay okay so high, high hopes here 7.9 percent beer and it looks very kind of dark and creepy i'm not gonna lie yep it says darkest of them all black pumpkin oatmeal stout i wonder if that means oh, oatmeal stout with rich layers of pumpkin spice and chocolate notes black pumpkin oatmeal stout boasts a smooth roasted malt flavor 
subtle sweetness and the aroma of pumpkin creme brulee. Ooh. I mean, so if I hadn't ever had a pumpkin spice beer before, this would sound exciting, but I've had pumpkin spice beers before and they're usually just awful. But you you have faith in this brewery. But this brewery makes the best pumpkin spice, uh, you know, pumpkin spice beer. I I don't remember. I think it's a, it's either. I think it's a lager, but they make the best one, like of of them all. Like they're that's my favorite one. I get it every year. I love it. I don't know about this one, so we'll have to try it out. But I do love oatmeal stout, so I'm hoping that it's very close. Okay, okay. Um. Smelling it, it doesn't smell over the top, but what I do nope. smell does smell a little like a um, an, an old woman's tchotchke shop. Nothing wrong with you, that. You know, when you walk in there and you see like yeah. the, uh, what, you know what I haven't the seen candles. in like 20 years? The, it's candles now, but it used to be potpourri. It used to be a bunch of like sticks and, and twigs and leaves yeah. that smell like stuff for some reason. That used to be the thing. Um, but yeah, now it's candles. So let's give this a shot here. All right, let's do it. Very dark. You know, I'm doing this after the fact, Eric, but uh, uh, how would, uh, I guess I have to say, uh, cheers. Cheers. That was my, my Dracula cheers. <laughs> that is a very, I'm sure it's just because I'm reading the word right now, but the, the best way to describe that, describe the flavor is very it's very black. It's very black, which I don't usually know how to explain kind of that. A, but yeah, it's like a darker kind of. Um, yeah, it is hard to explain. It's almost like, almost like so a, heavy, it becomes a black hole of flavor. Yep, and you don't taste it until the after the aftermath. Does that make sense? Yeah, like you drink it, taste nothing, even though it's. All right, this is gonna sound really weird. You know how if you take every crayon in the crayon box and draw over each other, it becomes black eventually? Yeah. Like all the colors mixed together make black. That's what this tastes like. It's so intense that it's flavorless. And do, you then you, it's, do you think it's that intense? No, no, me, no. It's, it's not. Like there's, I don't know how to explain it. There's so many flavors that it becomes flavorless. And then as it kind of dissipates on the tongue, it starts to, you start to taste the flavor finally. Yeah. And it feels I will like say, lots of flavors. Yeah, I will say the sweetness of this is off-putting to me because I'm expecting an oatmeal stout. And oatmeal stouts doesn't should not taste like be an oatmeal sweet. stout. It doesn't. You're right, and that's what I mean. It's like an oatmeal stout. It should have like uh, maybe dark chocolate overnotes because it's a oatmeal. It's a stout. You know what I mean? But this one has the pumpkin sweetness, so it to me it's a little off-putting. But it's not bad at all. It actually tastes pretty good. I, but I can't figure out where it is. I it's, like it. I like it. I, I'm not going to rate it as high as the, no. uh, two, the other two we've had on the past show. Instead of the, the spice tasting like chemically fake spice, mm-hmm. it almost tastes like actual spices to the point where it's like only the bitterness of the spices does that make sense yeah like if you were to take obviously cinnamon sugar is delicious but if you were to like bite into like a stick of cinnamon it would just be this intense burning cinnamon and that's cut more what i'm getting it's like ah 
So you love it. Oh. <laughs> I, it's weird. I don't want to say I hate it, but then I want to say I hate it. But at the same point, there's parts of it I like. Yeah. I can't, I can't put a finger on this one. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm going to throw out a rating scale, see if you can mesh with it. And I pulled it up here on my screen because yeah. it's Halloween. And there are, <clears throat> I'm sure there's probably a few more, but there are basically eight main classic universal monsters. You got, okay. you got Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Wolfman, Phantom of the Opera, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, and The Bride of Frankenstein. And like half gotcha. of those were, were acted by like Boris Karloff. But uh, out of eight universal monsters. Yeah. And, and you can unwrap the mummy as much as you want to provide fractions of a monster. Yeah. What are you giving this one? I'm going to give this a, and th- oddly enough, this is the one I was looking kind of forward to the most tonight, but I'm going to give it probably four and a half out of, out of eight. Hmm. Yeah. That's low praise. Yeah. I mean, I like I it. Would, it's just not what I expected. No, if I don't, and I can, I can't even say I like it. In fact, yeah. I'll be See, upfront I with like you. It. When I, when I went there and got this, they had the yeah. single can for five bucks or the four pack for twelve ninety nine. And I'm like, well, I can't, I can't not buy the four pack. And I did that for all the beers. And this is the yeah. only one. This is the only one I regret buying the four pack. <laughs> oh. I wish well, I bought I mean, just the one. Man, I wish I was lived closer. I'd take them off your hands because yeah. I, I, I don't dislike this at all. I, I actually like it, but it's not what I expected. And it's not if I had to compare it to the other two we've already had in, in the month of October. It, it does rank much lower than those. Yeah. I'm I'm going to match you 4.5. Okay, there we go. All right, let's go ahead and dial up our boy Tim on the blower. And we are back with Timothy Drew. How are you doing, sir? Hello, how are you guys? That's a very whimsical hello. I liked it. (laughs) Yeah, you sound good. You you sound strong. (laughs) <laughs> and hello to all the wonderful pixel guiding listeners hope you are all well awesome awesome i do want to say that before we got tim on the line we did have a quick talk about a new segment which i think is going to be enthralling oh i think it's, it's also going to amazing sp- split our listenership in half <clears throat> but then grow yeah. the other half so it'll be worth <laughs> it anyway we're gonna need to we're gonna need to find a way to record that as well and put it out as De- in like video details to come details to come yeah. um well, let's go ahead and hop right into, uh, we don't have that much time with Tim today, which is fine, because listeners are so sick of us from last month where we did like four-hour episodes. <laughs> sick of me <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so let's go ahead and hop ourselves into some catching up. Catching up with Eric and Cody. And Tim. All right, we catching are, we're catching up. In fact, I need to share my screen so we know what we're catching up about. First thing, though, I just added this, Tim, because we have to know. We have to know. The viewers have to know that sweet, sweet Vectrix that was provided by the listeners, really, uh, last episode. Did it make it all the way to you in England? It did indeed, but only just. (laughs) Only just. Okay. Nothing. That th- when that thing got stalled out in Compton, California, Compton. I was like, "City of Compton, <laughs> California." I thought, 
I thought it was going to have to get charged for the amount of time that it was there. It's like taking up residence. Yeah. I actually <laughs> probably lost me- value when I'm sitting in Compton. So yeah, <laughs> to be fair, I think it was, um, kind of, there was a postal strike over here. So maybe they held it for that. Um, yeah. If England then- could stop making issues for us getting stuff there, that would be great. <laughs> We're having troubles getting, yeah. getting their citizens back to them, trying to get the video game systems over to them. Yeah, Tim, can you get those hippies in line? <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. Those hippies, like on strike? Come on. Yeah, so anyway, so the the set uh, the Vectrex got over here, unpacked it. Eric did a fantastic job of packing, and it's all working, so it's all good. Oh, that is amazing news. In fact, I, I love it, and I, and I hope you have a long and, and storied history with your Vectrex. So it's an awesome machine. Now, the good news the good news is until you get your first cartridge and or multi-cart or whatever you want to get over there, you have the best game on the system built in. Yeah, Mindstorm is amazing. Well, I, I'll take but it. I, I also have Vectorblade. Yeah, exactly. That is the yeah. best game on the system. I love I take Mindstorm, it too. My, my, I'm a big Asteroids fan, so Mindstorm is really good. Mindstorm yeah. is the best original game on the system, yes. and now you have the yes. best game on the system as well. So you have the two best games on the system. So there we go. Yeah. Vector Blade is just amazing. Although yeah. we're going oh, to we're gonna have to get you Vector Pilot, too, even though I know you're yes. not a huge Titan Pilot fan, which kind of brings me into my next topic, which I need to mention, and I added this just now. More errata, gentlemen. Because for some reason, our listeners have reached out to us, and they are denying our claim, which is irrefutable. They voiced their displeasure. The irrefutable evidence of how we came up with and have absolutely solidified the top 50 classic arcade games before 1986. I don't know how that's possible. Oh, yeah. They weren't here. They weren't debating it. They heard, Well, I mean, they heard it. They heard the facts come to the surface. Yeah, they heard it. And it's undeniable. I, I don't know what they want. Yeah. I don't know what they want. Um, someone was upset that Outrun was lower than they would have put it, but hey, I mean, you heard it there. Yeah, I, I was upset about that. But there we go. <laughs> you could be upset. It doesn't make it not factual. I mean, I'm not. Doesn't no. make it any different. I'm not. I'm not um, upset that 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 Galaga made it up as far. I know what I am upset about is that Paperboy is even on the list. So I'll be honest with that one. That's. One. <laughs> Paperboy. Mind you, La- Ladybug did very well, didn't it? Ladybug did very well. And, and listen, game. when Cody, your your evidence on Paperboy was indisputable. It was uh, right on target. Like you don't have a lot of play field. Like you're you're basically. Uh, I don't want to say it because I'll get censored. But I mean, <laughs> so I'm. We, this ended up. I think was it Discord or was this on Twitter? I can't remember. But Twitter. Twitter. Where yeah. somebody was upset about how, where a- Paperboy came in, and I didn't say this on the podcast, but I wish I would have, but it's really how I feel about it, I think, ultimately, which is, when you're playing Paperboy, you're playing, like, that bottom corner, like, 30% yeah. of the playfield. That's where the gameplay is happening. The rest of it is just, like, noise, and so you have no idea when things are going to come hit you, or what's behind you, or what, like, you, you're playing this tiny little piece of the, of the field, so. But not for the whole game. Not for the whole game. You when to, you get to the end of the street, you get to the BMX level, and then it opens up. And I, again, I, I played primarily the Nintendo port, right, which was obviously not directly faithful, but I always wanted to get to that port, because to me, that's where the game started. Yeah. I had to, like, fight well, and, through and the house way. part to get to where the game started, which is that cool BMX part, and I wanted guys, to play that. Guys, guys, 
We spent two and a half hours <laughs> going through this. I'm sure that the listeners are sick to death of hearing this Not now. Paperboy. Paperboy <laughs> no. needs that. Oh, uh, we need to have a people's court. We need to have <laughs> no, people's court on Paperboy. By the way, that's our our potential segment. I think that's brilliant. We have a we have people's court and we Pixel argue Pixel Guidance Court. There you go. So I love it. We got to do it. Awesome. I'm very glad that that Vectric showed up, Tim. I'm glad. So I'm glad that you have one of your Holy Grail systems, and we all three have one now, which means we have a uh, in not too long a time. Hopefully, we'll have a six good Vectrix games. Although Eric, you and I did it once before, but we have to do it yep. again. Do and we'll, it again. And we'll have to take those six out. We're gonna have to go back and, and find them and take those six out. Yep. Do you remember your? Um, I, I'm I had. Down. I know I had. Um, oh, the cavern one, which is escaping my mind right now. Y- Yizod or Yi or Kanye West, whatever the name of that one was. <laughs> no, was not. That? You're thinking Fortress of Narzad. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we'll have to go back and, and and listen to it again. But the cool thing is now there's all these new games that have come out since, and those have yeah. to go on there. I mean, they're flipping amazing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's probably it's taken me this long to get a Vectrex, and it's going to take me that long again to get like some kind of multi cart or SD solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe like early next year we'll we'll do like a six good Vectrex or whatever. Yep. So I I'm that'd in, be fine if it's going to take a long time to get a a flash solution or something where you can add games. I still think it's worth getting the Sean Kelly multi cart for sixty five bucks that just has every original game on it. I mean, it's worth it. So I went on eBay today, Tim, and I looked at like the SD card solution, and there's one for $128 here in the U.S., free shipping. And I don't think that's bad. In fact, I almost, I almost pulled the trigger on it, but you know, I got to I gotta try to recharge my funds here. Um, we'll, but I'm we'll, going to um, get, we'll talk I'm gonna about get that, that offline. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We'll, yep. we'll have to look at that. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and kick off... Um, I have one more. I just want one more question. Did you did did you come home and tell the family the whole story about our 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 crazy nerdy times over here? Where that was? Did anything exciting happen since you've been back in in good old England? No. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Beautiful. Your wife. That's, your wife didn't care. Your there, daughter didn't care. There is care. one thing. There is one thing. Yeah. Um, it was my wedding anniversary recently but uh, congrats kind of this is one of the presents that i got i'll just i'll just show you okay he's going off mic as tim does yep it wouldn't be an episode of pixel guide in if tim tim stayed so, on mic sorry sorry to the viewers <laughs> I, will, I will i will post a picture of this okay um, i want to see sorry, it. it's yep. very visual thing but this yep. is what my lovely wife made for me so it's oh, a oh, photo frame out. with pictures of our of visit, our trip. Our visit oh, to Canada. Sweet. That is <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome, man. Isn't that amazing? I love it. That's really cool. It's a, it's like a long photo frame. It's got some what are those eight by nines, the standard standard photo yeah. size. Yeah, um, yeah. Eight by five, I think. Two, yeah. three, four, five, six, six photos in a in a long frame, and just sort of like pictures we took along the way. Um, I felt bad showing my wife the pictures of our time together because for whatever reason, every picture had me playing the games and you guys watching. And I just felt like the most like abusive, like <laughs> <Abusive>. <laughs> I guess I think it was more just, I did a bad job of taking pictures of you guys playing and, and probably Eric as well. Tim was just really good at taking pictures of me playing. I don't know why. But. <laughs> I thought it was cool. It's good. It's brilliant. It was a good That's time. That's really a cool, cool gift there. Yeah. So this is retro-inspired. It has nothing to do with video games, but I have to point out, okay. um, Retrobyte on Twitter um, is, is, an, is an individual, 
and they made a reference to a movie that I watched all the time as a kid. And when, even when I was a kid, it was an old movie. And that was a movie called Robot Jocks. Yeah, I remember us talking about that on Twitter. Yeah. And, man, I had forgot about that movie. And when you said that, I'm like, I am watching that tonight. And my wife, my beautiful, lovely, amazing wife, agreed to watch this movie with me. And it's literally a movie about... It's funny because, you know, I hate mechs. I'm not a big thing, a fan of mechs. And I think it's more of the Japanese anime mech thing. But this was like mechs in America. It was literally like, there's no war in the future. And this was made, I'm sure, early 80s. I can't remember exactly when. But there's no war in the future. And instead of war, we agree to have our champions hop into robots and fight each other. Yeah. Um, so I got to watch that because I love that kind of stuff. Like Pacific Rim was, everyone kind of kind of panned it a little, but I loved that movie. I thought that was amazing. So I have not seen that. I did not realize that had anything to do with like the robot jocks concept. Just watch the first one though. Don't, don't worry about the, any of the, of the, the sequel or whatever. Watch the first one. I love, I'm going to watch it. And, and the same thing with robot jocks. There was two more robot wars I saw, which was not nearly as good. And then a third one, which okay. apparently is not good. I didn't see it, but you got to watch yeah. robot jocks. I'll watch Pacific Rim. Man, okay. these are. Like, I, I'm, I want to because when you were mentioning that on Twitter, I was like, "I gotta watch this." This I never heard of it, and I want to watch it. I, this is right up my alley. Oh, it's I perfect. Love it. It's perfect. Okay, I'm gonna watch Good it. Good old '80s, like schlock sci-fi, whatever. I love yep. it. Yep. That's all I have to say about that. Timmy, you haven't okay. seen Robot Jocks, have you? No. You also have to watch it. <laughs> I will be. I will be. I don't this is on my list. Uh, Eric. Speaking hey. speaking of uh, new things. <laughs> so I, I posted a picture of something on Twitter and I thought you guys were going to, because I wanted this to be a surprise. And I posted a picture of something and I was like, oh, crap, I got the picture of the thing I wanted to be a surprise. But luckily you guys didn't mention anything. So I don't know if you caught on to it or not, but either that or, I got something. Either that or I, I got blocked you and I just haven't told you yet. That's true. That's true. That, that, that's always a possibility. Um. So here we go. Spence is killing me. Show you something that I got recently. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Steam Deck. He got a Steam Deck. Nice. Sweet. (laughs) It turned out. My Steam Deck came in, and it's awesome. It's as awesome as they say it is. Everything I've played so far is amazing on it. I love that they have games that are specifically optimized for the Steam Deck. Um, It. It really is awesome, but I do want to show you one of the coolest freaking things on this thing. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Get ready. I think I'm ready. I'm sitting there. I hope you're. I hope you're ready for this. Ah, uh, Pico Eight. It is so. This thing has a beautiful screen. Yeah. And speakers in the front, so the speakers aren't like in the bottom or the back or some crap. The speakers are right up front. This thing makes the best Pico 8 experience you'll ever have. Isn't that sad that the reason I'm going to buy a Steam Deck is because of Pico 8? Pico 8. <laughs> it, it's kind of the reason I'm doing it because, I mean, I've played a lot of games on this and I've, I've, I've been loving it and enjoying it. But Pico 8, it plays beautifully and the screen is the best I've ever seen for Pico 8 portable games. So Awesome. So well, anyway, I wanted to bring that around. a ton of Pico 8 then. I have, I, I'm not joking. Fifth, like if, if my time, if I look at my time spent on the Steam Deck so far, 
it's been half Pico eight, half like <laughs> Witcher, half other and, stuff, and Counter Strike and other stuff. All the other have PC you, games. Have you played Poom? I have not. No, because I just learned about Poom today, uh, and I put it in the notes. So I'm going to play, play Poom tomorrow. I'm playing Poom on here, which is the Doom Pico eight version. Um. So anyway, I got the Steam Deck. I will say, so far I've been. I'm going to sneeze real quick. So hang on. Uh, 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 yeah. There we go. So anyway, um, whew, those uh, fall allergies are the worst. Um, the dirt worst. I uh, the Steam Deck. So far, my impressions of it amazing. Like, Remind it me which amazing. version you got. There was good, better, best. I got the middle one. I got the middle one. So okay. I got like uh, I think it's 256 gigs of onboard. Um, the special. Uh, there's like a special screen that it's an enhanced screen. Um, so let me, let me tell you about some of the things I got as accessories for the steam deck. I got the, like a third party dock, but it works great. So I have a thing you can just put, you, you put the steam deck in and, and it has a plug into the USB C, but it allows you to output to HDMI. It has USB ports in the back so I can put other controllers into it. Um, it has an ethernet port. Um, has a bunch of bunch of stuff, but you can you can snap it into that. Um, I got a screen protector, which was very easy to install. I, I didn't have any bubbles in it or whatever. I put that on there right away, just like I did on my Switch when I first got that. Um, amazing. Which leads me into my second thing is I wanted to get a couple of games that I could play on my Steam Deck, and one was Dome Keeper, which I talked about last episode, yeah. so I don't want to go that into cool. it. But I've been playing that, and it is beautiful on the Switch. And that thing, the funny thing is things are rated on the Steam Deck, meaning like, hey, this is verified to work perfectly with the Steam Deck. Which and is the whole reason I've always like, wanted a Steam Deck, something to that effect, which is like these. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Games that are verified yep, so, to work on it. Exactly. There are there are a bunch of games that are verified to work 100% on it. And then there are things that are like, hey, it plays on here. But there are things that might be a little bad, like the text is too small and the frame rate's not the best. Dome Keeper said, "Hey, we haven't evaluated this game yet because it's too new. What do you, you know? But it should play fine." Loaded it up; it's brilliant. So Dome Keeper is amazing on there. And then another game I, I got on there was called Floppy Nights. Wait, now, now I talked about this one a few weeks or a few months back. Actually, I don't know if you recall yeah. that or not, but. I do remember because I think that's why I got it. It it's by the same the same person who did the art on Dicey Dungeons. Yep. Is the same person who did the art on Floppy Nights, but it is kind of like a roguelike where you go through you you basically it's almost like a cross between Mario Rabbids where it's like a tactical strategy like 2D game. 2D Rabbids, yeah. Yep, and a card game like Slay the Spire. Yep, and it's literally a mashup of that, and I have been loving it and really enjoying that game. Been playing that off the top, but then I had to get like um, not I, I wouldn't say a triple A title, but I wanted a game that would push the limits of the Steam Deck just so I could test it out. And so, even though I already own The Witcher Three on Xbox One, um. I grabbed it on Steam as well, and it was on, you know, it's not not super expensive on Steam. I loaded The Witcher 3 up, Wild Hunt, and it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic RPG. It plays amazing, and it is optimized for the Steam Deck. It plays amazing on the handheld, and when I dock it, I can play it on the screen. 
and use any controller I want that has a USB port or USB dongle. Um, I've been using the Retro Fighters PS2 stick with it, nice. and it is perfect. I mean, have you? I can I cannot say enough good things about the Steam Deck. I haven't run cool. into any issues yet with it. I'm gonna have to get one. Have you played Vampire Saviors? I oh, I told you I played it this morning, <laughs> and I played it with the Steam Deck. Yeah, and I played it yesterday, and I went up a couple levels. Like I'm unlocking people. At, at 100% works with Vampire Saviors, works perfectly with it. Here's my biggest question. Yes. Because I know everything else I'm going to love about it. I'm going to be yeah. getting one. Yes. Well, I, I guess I have two questions, but the biggest one yeah. is the D-pad decent because I use D-pads for all my retro games. D-pad's wonderful. D-pad works fantastic. Um, if you haven't seen the D, like, like, like the Steam Deck, like it has the two little track pads on the side, like these little track pads for mouse oh, yeah. activation. Huh. Yeah, but the D-pad works really well. Those are the buttons. The D-pad works really well, and it's in a good place. It's towards the top, so you're not doing that yep. switch thing where you're holding like tippy bottom of your yep. controller. You have yeah, your two analogs, two analog sticks on the front. You have the D-pad. You have the four face buttons, and you have the bumpers and the triggers. Right, the two bumpers and triggers. Yep. But let me show you what's freaking amazing. You flip this over. There are four back buttons right here. Mm-hmm. So you can map, like, let's say you don't like the, I don't like bumpers. Like, I like the triggers, but I don't like these bumpers. Mm-hmm. I hate them. I know I've always hated them. You can just map them to these back buttons. <laughs> and that's what I've done in games like The Witcher. I just map them to the back buttons and they work brilliantly. How's the ergonomics using the D-pad and the buttons? Because it seems quite far away. Do you know what for I the mean? Back bu- yeah, yeah, for the back the, buttons? No, no, no. The, 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 the D-pad and the, the buttons, when you're, when you're playing a game, does it yeah. kind of like feel like you're nope. <laughs> holding a, a massive <laughs> uh, game? Dude, it, it feels natural and supple. Supple. <laughs> I was talking about the Steam Deck. No, it 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 feels it feels. It, I'm not joking, Tim. It feels Youthful. natural. It's it's one of the. <laughs> it feels really really good. <laughs> it's all right. It's all good. We're just bringing some texture to the show. There we yeah, go. Exactly. Texture. Dude, I haven't had any complaints about uh. the controls other than. The bumpers are a reach, and I don't like the bumpers, but they're easily mapped to the back with the controls. And these, there's four buttons back here for the grip buttons. It's hard to tell, but see, do you see those buttons? Oh, we see in them. The yeah, picture? sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can map, and you can change your mappings at for universally for any game. So I've just mapped my bumpers to those, and it's like it's brilliant. So I, I got to tell you, I so far the. This might knock because, you know, for a long time, I've always said the, the Switch has might been my favorite console in the last five years. Like, I love it. Like, I use my Switch for every gaming adventure I go on. The Steam Deck might replace that. I, I was always thinking it could for lots of reasons. Steam does a lot of things I like. Yep. And then and the Nintendo Switch at this point has gotten to the point where the store is just being flooded by garbageware. Yeah. Which yep. which Steam is too. However, the difference is Steam shows ratings and downloads yep. and everything. So I can go yep. on there and say this game looks cool. Oh wait, it's got terrible ratings. I'm not yep. buying that. When exactly. I've, not, that. I've not experienced um, 
the the store or whatever it is you call for the on the steam side of things but okay. the other thing that i find with the switch store is it just takes so long just to update in between scrolls and all that they just as it gets bigger nuts. and bigger yeah ps yeah. the playstation is even worse but and and Xbox so for my that, usage on the steam deck i want to tell you about one other thing there's a button on the Steam Deck that says um, you can go into desktop mode. Okay, so you you go into Steam OS and you see your panels and you can go through the games. But there's a button for desktop mode. When you hit that, you go into literally a Linux desktop mode and you can launch a web browser and browse the web. You can go into Steam so you can still play your games in desktop mode. But you can also install what they call flat packs, which you can install software and other stuff. So you can install, that's how I install Pico 8. You can install Pico 8 in desktop mode and then it shows up in Steam OS. They, they aren't, Steam, Steam has always been kind of like um, disparaged for their kind of DRM. licensing lockdown. Like you have to have Steam and to play the game. But they are allowing people to do a lot of, outside stuff with the steam deck so you can install mods if you're into that kind of thing like for minecraft you can install mods you can do all sorts of cool outside of the box things on the steam deck and they allow that and they encourage it and i just think that's really it's gonna slow down the need for people to start hacking away at the darn thing isn't it so yep um i I can see that being a good idea it's nothing to hack it's wide open I've been loving it. Um, I, I've had it a couple of weeks now, and I, it, it it's brilliant. I love it. So anyway, Tim, I'm gonna, I'm speaking gonna, of things you love, tell me say, about what's going on here. There you go. I was going to say I have to I have to pre-order one of those. Yeah. So I will tell you this. So this and this should have been a news item. They stopped reservations and they allowed you to just order stuff. So you can buy it and then they ship it, like. I buy it. They you can ship buy it? it and then they ship it. But after about three days, it went back to reservations oh, because they got flooded with orders. Yep. So. All right. So I still have to pre-order it. Yeah, but but the pre-order should be handled within a few weeks instead of months. You know who else just pre-ordered something? Oh, well, it's, who's that? <laughs> yeah, it's me. Um, nothing much really to say here. I'm sure everyone's got one of these on pre-order, but it was just one of the s- small things that I did this month is I pre-ordered the Mega Drive Mini 2. Oh, nice. And it should be here before this episode goes out, I think. Yeah, pre-orders in the U.S. are not open yet. I think it's late October. Yeah. So again, modern modern retro is um, UK gets to make up time on on the US for having everything first in the past. So you guys get stuff now before we do. Uh, it's, it's only going to be a, a month or so. I would have thought if your pre-orders are opening up in October, so that's that's when I'll ship. So I think it's shipping twenty seventh of October, something like that. Cool, 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 cool. And that has a I bunch of Sega CD games on it, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it's about. 27, 27 games all, all told. I think it's 50, I think 50 most, all together. The, yeah, I think there's mostly uh, Sega CD stuff. That's crazy because, yeah, like, now that I've been playing a lot more Sega CD games, there's a lot of good stuff there that I think is untapped. A lot of people haven't played them. So I've actually been, that, that's it. today, literally today, I've been looking at acquiring an actual Sega CD because I do not own one yet. So, Have you looked at the CDXs? Those look pretty cool. Oh, they look yeah, pretty expensive. Mega, mega money, though, aren't they? 
Are they? 400? You can't get one of those under, much under 500 bucks. The, actually, I looked oh. into it. Your JVC is actually less than the CDX, even though there's less oh. of them. Okay. Yeah. Over, yeah. over here, they were called the Multi-Mega. Multi-Mega. Uh, yeah. And I always wanted one of those things. They were so cool, but so expensive. And even now, there's, there's yeah. a boxed one on eBay, Multi-Mega, I think, and it's like 1,500 pounds. So pick it up. What's the problem? That is a spicy meatball. I went ahead and picked up some modern retro stuff. So first of all, we mentioned this in the last episode, Eric, but I did finish yeah. Cuphead, uh, what do they call it? Delicious second course Delicious. or whatever it's called. Yeah. The, the, the add-on. So there's kind of like three worlds in the first Cuphead, and for $7.99 you get a fourth world, and I loved it okay. and yeah. beat all of it for the most part, like 98% of it or whatever. Absolutely loved it. Um, still love Cuphead. I'm still obsessed with it, and I understand why it's not, pun intended, in everybody's cup of tea, but it is hard and fun and creative and beautiful and exciting, and I love everything about it. Cool. What I did pick up was a game I've talked about before, and it went on sale half off. So I said, whatever, I want. I just, I need a new Switch game. I'm not playing my Switch right now. So I picked up Panzer Paladin, which is a very NES-esque game. And if you see the video here, you can see it's very NES-looking. It is. Um, and it is a solid, I'll call it a hack-and-slash platformer, but they do have like some crazy anime cutscenes in between. Um. And I, I'll go ahead and rate it right now. It's, I'll give it a seven and a half out of ten. It's like a solid C. I think it's very cool. Um, at half off for ten bucks, I think it's worth ten bucks. At twenty, I think I'd be a little disappointed. And there's some cool new things here, but ultimately, the basic gameplay. Actually, I found it, everyone said it's very difficult, but there's like twelve different worlds, which is kind of cool. You go to like Russia and. Uh, you know, you can see the map there. Russia, Greece. I'm trying to go back here. And of course, the U.S., Mexico. Let's see if I can try to catch it. There it is. Canada. You can see all these little flags here. And they each have their own worlds and their own bosses. And it's really well designed. Yeah. And the levels are pretty interesting. And the thing is, I would play it once and beat it. And then it'd be done. And then I'd play yeah. another one, beat it, and be done. And I'd turn it off, turn it on the next day, play a couple more, beat them. So I don't feel like... It's like a lot of effort went to the levels, but they're very easy to beat. Yeah. Um, and then once you beat all of these, you start kind of like in Mega Man. You start this final boss run where you try to you have to beat like a few levels in a row and then the boss, which is much more difficult. So there's a crazy big difficulty spike. But what's cool about this game, and I'll see if I can find another video here to help explain it better, is the aside from... It's actually fairly slow gameplay. Um, you kind of trot along in your big mech and... Um, you have weapons. The story is just stupid. It's like a meteorite fell to the earth, and all the meteorites that hit the earth had weapons in them. And you're supposed to catch these weapons and use them against the aliens that sent the weapons to earth. I don't know. But the idea is you've got these weapons that are physical melee weapons in your hand. And the weapons. I saw me. I saw in the video, I saw you had a hockey stick. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's, some, there's some bizarre stuff, and I'll tell you about it. Yeah. So that's the primary gameplay. You run around attacking things with these melee weapons. If if you want, you can hop out of your mech and you're this little tiny guy named Flame with a like a chain whip, and you're almost never like that. But that's kind of an homage to like uh, was it Ma- B- Master Blaster, where yeah, you can hop out of right. your vehicle, jump out of your tank. Yeah. 
Um, and it can be kind of a, like a fun, almost side mission, if you will, but you kind of need to do it in some instances. Uh, but the main gameplay is that you have these weapons, and they have a certain amount of use if you see up in the top corner. And once you use them all up, they break. So before they break, you want to either use their special ability by holding down both shoulder buttons for like three seconds. And the special ability could be like gaining health or up upping your attack for a certain amount of time. Or it could be a, like a bomb that clears the screen. So you're always trying to figure out, do I use this weapon as a weapon? Do I use it for its special ability? Do I use it a little bit now and then save it almost used up for later and save it for later? There's checkpoints, but to use the checkpoints, you have to insert a weapon into the checkpoint. So you lose the weapon to activate the checkpoint. So it's this constant like back and forth of, do I use it as a weapon, special ability, or for a checkpoint? And that part's actually really cool. Um, the graphics are super NES graphics. Um, I, had a, I had a blast with it, but all in all, gameplay-wise, it wasn't terribly enthralling. So see, I give it a C. Uh, maybe a C plus. I'll give it a C plus. Um, yeah, the graphics look amazing on it. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, I could see a lot of people doing exactly what I did, which is you get through the twelve levels, love it, realize it's kind of a bummer. I'll never go back and see those levels again because I just beat them so quickly. And the bosses on at the end of each level are very cool and unique as well. But again, you can sit there and literally just hack at them with your most powerful weapons over and over and over again, and accepting that they're damaging you and still beat them. So even though they have attack patterns you could probably learn, you're not kind of forced to learn them. Right. But um, but it's funny because I'm kind of saying more negatives than positives, but ultimately the game is very fun. I love it. Yeah. And for nine ninety nine, which is what the sale price, I recommend it and think it's a great little game. Haven't beat it yet because this second half of the game is so much more difficult than the first. So gotcha. there we go. That is Panzer cool. Paladin on multiple platforms, but I played it on the Switch. I like it. Looks really cool. So I did play some Switch, even though I got the Steam Deck recently, but I did play some Switch games, and one of the highlights was Bear and Breakfast. Have you guys heard about this game? Bear and Breakfast. I'll pull it up online because I have no idea what this game is. So this game appealed to me because somebody, I watched a review on it, and it is kind of a laid back style game. So what you're doing is you're a bear in the forest. And what you do is you go around and you're trying to renovate little like shacks like that are you find in the woods and you're trying to convert them to bed and breakfasts. Random. And <laughs> when you do that, you have people come and then they stay in your bread and breakfast and they give you cash and you take that cash and you try to renovate other places and you, you, while you're walking through the woods, you're finding resources that will help out to renovate these little shacks all over the woods and turn them into bread, bed and breakfasts. Um, it sounds really stupid, but the <laughs> funny thing is this game, this game is, um, it, it, it's a nonviolent game because there's no shooting. There's no killing. That things. does sound stupid. You're basically just going around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It sounds stupid, but you're going around and you're basically that's it. You're managing. And when you when you renovate a place, you have to decorate it and you have to put furniture in it. And as you do that, it attracts more people to that bed and breakfast and you make more money and you can go out and find more things and you unlock different parts of the world. It honestly is a very, very cool game. 
Um, one of the downsides is the menuing system is very clunky on the Switch. Like, I don't know if it's any different. Like, I don't even know if this came out on PC or whatever. I'm looking uh, at the Steam, with, Steam version right now. So I'm guessing with mouse, mouse support, it's kind of designed with mouse support in, in mind. I think it's designed with mouse support, so which would probably make it a little easier to navigate because on the Switch, which is where I bought it, it's the menus are a little clunky. It takes you a while to get used to it. But once you do... Um, it's it's a really kind of cool little zen kind of game and i enjoyed playing it um i i, I want to get back to it there's supposedly a lot to this game i i've only unlocked about maybe 10 percent of it um but while you're renovating play, th- like, like renovating the place you you get different furniture you can place the furniture in there and how you decorate and renovate the little shacks is basically tied directly into how much money you make so it's almost like I a, don't know, a, I, a nerdier I, more involved animal crossing almost yeah but yeah animal crossing is not quite like this because there's not like a more of a world building thing mm-hmm. animal crossing is you're kind of building stuff for yourself you know what i mean like like this one you're it, it's hard to explain you're trying but, to actually achieve a goal yeah, you're trying to achieve a goal. It's more like okay. a sim, like a Sims game or a civilization kind of kind of thing. But that's cool. It's that's got a lot it, of good. It's got a lot of funny humor in it. A lot of good stuff. I don't know. I I've, I've been enjoying it, and it got highly. It's it's pretty highly rated too. So that's where Animal Crossing is. It loses me because there's no game. It's more just like you play just to play. Where I want to have yeah. a, a goal, you know, and this seems like it has a goal. Now, I I give you kudos for finding a game or, or hearing about a game and promoting it here that's only got two thousand reviews they're all very positive yep. um but that's cool that you found kind of a, a a gem right which is hard to find sometimes in this in yep. the pantheon of steam items that are out there available yep. um really quick because we haven't done it earlier i just realized and i want to make sure we get some love into our show sponsor retro rewind.ca go to yes. retro rewind.ca forward slash pixel guide please and check yep. out uh, all the awesome Commodore and Tandy Coco related items that are available there. If you've got a t- Commodore 64, Commodore 128, Commodore 16, Commodore Plus 4, uh, any of the Amigas or any of the Tandy Color computers, this is the place for you to go for your parts, accessories, and fun things. A couple of items I wanted to highlight today was the yeah. Amiga or C64 Genesis Joypad Adapter which allows you to use your Genesis pad on the Commodore 64 or Amiga systems, probably the 128 as well, um, without the potential of holding the wrong combination of buttons and destroying your beloved computer. Um, Using a a modern control pad on these systems, in my opinion, is the way to go, especially if you're not old school like Eric and Tim, where you're just used to joysticks. I need myself a control pad. And the Genesis, <laughs> the Genesis pad works very well with the Commodore does, 64 and Amiga. Early on, like with my Commodore 64, I used a Genesis pad exclusively, and I got one of these adapters. People don't know this, but if you if you hold down a button and you press like a certain joystick move with with the button or the or the direction, I don't remember which. Mm-hmm. But if you do both at the same time, you will blow up a four square block of your neighborhood, you will destroy it completely. <laughs> Only I'm facts on, t- on Pixel Gaiden. No, it will blow it up like like a small atomic explosion will happen out of your Commodore 64. It's crazy 64. how few uh, legal ramifications that's caused so far, but it's true. 
Yeah, yeah. You don't hear about it a lot because it's like pushed to conspiracy theories and stuff, but you will kill a sucker if you do that. <laughs> do not do that. Don't plug a Genesis controller in, hold a button down, and then press anything on your Commodore 64. Unless, you will kill people. Unless you go to retrorewind.ca forward slash pixel guide and pick up for $11, mind you, only $11, a Commodore 64 Amiga Genesis joypad adapter. While you're there, you can also pick up a Wi-Fi modem for your Commodore 64 yeah. or C128 computers. Get your your uh, your classic Commodore computer on the internet. Very cool. As well as any of the cables you might want. Maybe some replacement parts, cases, all kinds of yeah. awesome things that are available for your Commodore computers at RetroRewind.ca forward slash Pixel Guiden. And, uh, Cody? Yeah. Cody, do you, want, yeah. do you want 10% off? I would love 10% off. Is that is that a possibility? Are you sure? You want 10% off? I mean, because eight would be you eight got, would be like more than I can ask for, but ten sounds mind blowing. All you got to do is pop in PG ten in in the promo code field or whatever at checkout. All right, at checkout, click like and subscribe while you're at it, and you will get ten percent off of your order. Which ten percent off of of Frank's prices? It's already that's low. It's robbery at that point. It's robbery. You're you're basically stealing from him. He's going to be starving in the street, but you will get that discount and and you will love it. And we and we survive that much longer at Pixel Guide in. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and don't blow up your blocks. Just buy that Genesis adapter. I was looking to try to throw some of this action over to Tim, and it looked like he wasn't there. But apparently, I see his lower back at the corner of my screen. He's doing something important over there. There he goes. He waved. Okay, he exists. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see his little tramp stamp on his back. That's the picture of the queen. It's a it's a queen with butterfly wings. I don't know what that means exactly, but um, let's go ahead and hop on down to our next topic. Which actually, Eric, it's still you because you you said you bought some windjammers too. I don't see why we don't all just talk a little bit about windjammers because yeah, so I haven't we played had some windjammers too. With- yeah, so when we were at your house, when Tim was here, we played a bunch of Windjammers, and I loved it. And I, that's a game kind of like Speedball on the Amiga I want to get better at, but I, but I suck at it. And Windjammers is the same. I'm not super good at it, but I want to be better at it, so I play it all the time. But then I saw that you guys were buying Windjammers 2 on Switch, and so I went and grabbed that, and I tried to play that, and it... It adds a it adds a few more things to the Windjammers equation, but it's generally the same game. But it looks really cool, and it's got onboard like a like like online scoring, like where there's like high score tables. You can play online with other people. Um, so I went and grabbed that, and I want to try to play that a little bit more in the coming months. It looks really cool, and you guys bought it too, right? Right, Tim. Yes. <laughs> well it's it's hilarious because you mentioned on switch and you thought we bought it on switch i literally just went on my xbox game pass and it was free on there so i just logged okay. on to it and, and tim and i played it couch co or not co-op but couch couch ba- we did some couch co-op because we handed it back and forth and tried to be the computer players too but we uh we spent a lot of time on that one and i i thought the additions were the perfect amount between comfort and and new change um yeah. But yeah, what do you think about that one, Tim? I love Windjammers too. Yeah, I when I when I got back, it's one of the first things I did was um, power up my Xbox, which I hadn't done for like months and months and months. Of course, <laughs> it needed an update. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of, of course. Okay. That's like the that's the. Uh, 
Yeah. So, so Tim, it's modern era. It's the modern era. So Tim and I yeah. got our free versions of Windjammers and basically forced Eric to buy a paid version of on the Switch, and now we can't play each other. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not it's not cross platform, is it? No, I don't believe so. That's okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I got, I got that. And um, if if we want to move on to what I've been doing as well, um, that was mm-hmm. kind of leading nicely into what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to break myself back in gently into gaming and all that sort of stuff. So uh powered up the Xbox and just took a, a few games on stuff on the Game Pass. And one of those uh, that's included is F1 2021. Um, so I've been playing that a bit and I was kind of getting used to the gameplay and everything. And then there's actually this story mode on there. Um and it's really bizarre. It's actually quite addictive. I, I, I love the way that they've done it. I've, it. It's not in any of the previous F1 games that I've uh, had. So I don't know whether it came in in 2020 or 2021. I haven't bought one, I think, since 2018, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's got this story mode. And okay. you you um, are, are sort of like a, a young racing driver and you're coming up through the ranks um, and you get your, your kind of like your first break. You uh, win the, the feeder series, which is the F2 series, um, and then you uh, get a chance to drive for a Formula One team and the, you get to choose three of the lower teams. I went for a team called Alpha Tauri. Okay. Um, which is like a um, the the junior team to Red Bull Racing that's just won the world championship and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I went for them. And, uh, yeah, you, you start off um, at the beginning of the season, but you don't race full races. Um, so there's kind of like a story mode where you've got one of the other guys in the team is sort of like the older, experienced guy, and obviously he's worried about you coming in. Um, so there's kind of like a whole narrative about that, and it includes like your your mum coming in and all that sort of stuff, and yeah, your family and other other bits and pieces. But anyway, so what happens is it literally just kind of like dumps you into the race. So you're like five laps from the end of the race, and you've got to. Um, you know, uh, the, the first objective is obviously like to beat your teammate. So you kind of, um, you, in the first race, you do that, you beat your teammate, then it switches back to the story mode. So your teammate's a bit upset that he beat, he beat you and all this sort of stuff. And then you've got another protagonist, um, from one of the other teams who's sort of like always trashing, um, your teammate. Um, so he, he comes into it and then starts, messing with your mind and putting things in that you know this guy's paid so much more and all that sort of stuff so um and then then the story progresses and then it gets to the end of the first season and you think oh right i'm going to get a chance to move up to a different team and it actually then switches the narrative and you go over to your teammate so you're now sort of like playing as the older, you know, uh, statesman of the of the team and all that sort of stuff. And you've not got long left of your career because you've been in Formula One. You've never really made it to the top. Uh, but now you've got this young gun, this whippersnapper nipping at your heels. Um, and you've got to uh, sort of like try and beat him. So the whole story then switches around and eventually you know that i won't spoil it too much but eventually they become friends and then they have have proper team battles and all that sort of stuff and <laughs> yeah so yeah. you know you could literally just go and play that story mode in all the different difficulty levels um and never actually touch the kind of like the main game as it were um so yeah. i was quite impressed with that it's really good 
So well, the funny retro. Th- Sorry about that, guys. But- That's all right. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that, like, so when my son was playing um, NBA, um, I think it was 2K18 or 19 or something, it had the same exact thing, Tim. Like, you start out as a basketball player, but you were uh, this this young high schooler and you were going into college. And then it started this whole story mode like, hey, do you go to college or do you go straight into the NBA or do you blah, blah, blah. And it just went you could play the story mode without having touching any of the basketball stuff like the actual on court stuff. Or when you got into certain things like, hey, these scouts are watching you and you got dropped into like the fourth quarter. That's it. And like you get like, OK, That's well, exactly you got to do this or that to impress the the scouts and then maybe you can go straight into the NBA out of high school or maybe you got now you got to do some college time. I mean, I remember my son playing that and I was just like, wow, this is like totally different than my experience with like NBA live, you know, 98, which was like you either go into management mode or you just play full games. And that was it. Like, boom, that's it. So, so that sounds to me like they just took that formula that worked in the, in the, in the, basketball stuff and just moved it right into like racing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they've done that in, in like, uh, in FIFA games or in, uh, yeah. uh NFL stuff. I don't, don't know if they've right. kind of done that in, in any of their other store uh, versions, but, uh, yeah, it kind of works quite well in F1 actually. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. Nice. So you, you have a uh, game pass now. Is that what I, is that what I heard? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I, so I have, that means I also have that game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's well, I've seen well it on there. I'll have to take yeah. a look at it. Yeah, no uh, steering wheel for the Xbox yet, though. So that's going to be that's always going to bug me using a controller no, when I could no. be using the steering with, wheel. With the, with the Game Pass, you can easily uh, get the games. So they're kind of easy come, easy go, really, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. PR kind of like easy come, easy golf, which is a yeah. game that, that Eric and I have hopped into. Now, I apologize to who whoever it was that mentioned this game to us on Discord. They heard we liked golf games. Eric, hopefully you know or you're looking it up right now. But I'm looking. I'm going to look it up because he deserves some credit for sure. For sure, yeah. And I was like, man, I love golf games. I would love to find you know, a current one that I can really dig myself into, preferably on the Switch. And he mentioned Easy Come, Easy Golf, which is essentially the same company, same game, whatever, as, as Hot Shots Golf used to be on the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3. Um, but now it's a game, uh, you know, a new a new golf game on the Switch with some very casual different golfers. Um, but it's legit, you know, I guess there's two different methods, but I use the, you know, the, the three button press, you know, you press once to start, press two for power, press three for accuracy and uh, playing golf. Now there's a, a unique twist in this game. Again, it's very caricature based. These golfers you're playing at are all different shapes, sizes, ages, genders, everything, um, moods. And, uh, but you actually have to build a golf team, kind of like Mario Golf. You can, can you compete against other golfers to to win the ability to add them to your potential be, being a player on your as a golfer. But in this particular game, you actually build a team. So each hole, you're only going to be able to use one of your golfers per hole. Um, it's nine hole golf, so you can have up to nine of your characters on there. They level up every time they level up. They get more you know either accuracy or power or whatever. You know, you can buy balls and all kinds of un- unlockables, clubs and balls and abilities and clothes for your golfers and all kinds of just unlockables, but it's just super fun golf. That being said, 
I have not lost a round yet. I've not been challenged yet, and I've put like 10 hours into this game. I think the closest I've been is I came at negative 4 on one hole of 9, or negative maybe make a negative two on one nine hole course and the competition was at negative or at positive three so the closest i've ever been to losing was i was five holes or five strokes lower than the competition so i don't know if you experienced right. the same thing or not uh tim or eric but yeah. I, it's not challenging at this point at all and i played for a lot of a lot of time but it is fun it is fun it's and um, thing to me then if it's not a challenge for you <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it was Dave7G, by the way, on Discord. That's Dave right. Thank 7G you so much. Dave7G is the one who read, originally recommended this. Um, I do think it gets challenging later, but I haven't – I think you're further in this game than I did. But I've played it – I've, I've gotten a little little bit through it, but I agree with you. Like, I haven't had any substantial challenge to – and I'm not the best – I'm not the best golfer, like, like digital golfer here, but um, I haven't had any – I haven't had them get anywhere close to to my score. Yet. Yeah. So yeah. So I I can understand. I keep going through this, but I imagine at some point it will get more difficult. But that being said, when I lay down at night, I'll play nine holes and yeah, and then it's fun just it playing nine yeah. holes, even if you even if you're not keeping score, or you're not worried about what other people are making or whatever. It's just fun to play. I I, I do enjoy it. For sure. Yeah. I I think it's probably. Um, maybe it's aimed at more of a younger audience, perhaps. Maybe. Kind of like the look and the feel of it. Um, yeah, it looks great, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it looks, you know, um, reduced down or anything like that. But um, maybe it's just kind of like a, a way to feed people into golf games. I, th- yeah. I think it's trying to do what Mario Golf did, at least before this most recent one. But the, I think the reason Mario Golf was... And I, I do enjoy this, but the re- reason Mario Golf was so epic is it got y- your characters were you were always challenged at least a little bit, and then as yeah. your characters like leveled up, you be, were able to more easily overcome the challenge, and then you won the next thing, and then it was challenging again. And this was just so far, it's just been easy all the way through. But um, if you played Hot Shots Golf, it's very similar to that. Um, it's pretty; it works well. Um, yeah, I liked yeah, it. it. Looks good. How much was that? Uh, I think nineteen ninety nine for a digital download. All right, so about twenty bucks and not too bad. That's it. Um, now a- another game that I've been playing with somebody. This time not Eric. This time it was with Tim, and this what? time it was over at my house. It was on the it was uh, the ZX Spectrum Next, which we hadn't talked about too much since we, you and I, kind of mostly played it after we recorded last month. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's uh, kind of ironic that I have to travel all the way to California to actually get my hands on and see the very first uh, Spectrum Next I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I there was some there was like the an early prototype at the last Play Expo that I went to because um, Jim Jim Bagley was there and he had one of the prototypes, but because I was promoting Rodman from Future Was 8-Bit at the time, I didn't actually really get much of a chance to go round and look at the other stuff in in the big main hall. Um, uh, so I didn't really see it there. But, um, yeah, so this is the, kind of like the first time I've really properly um, seen the next. And th- 
this baggers in space is just absolutely brilliant game. I mean, I, you know, like most games when, uh, until I can really sort of like get into them, I kind of sucked at it at first, but, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, like a jetpack game, isn't it? It's really cool. Um, but then it's, I would, I would kind of put it as, um, jetpack versus, uh, Starquake, sort of like it's a mashup of those okay. two. Um, I'm going to call it, uh, I'm going to call it a jetpack Vania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of, yeah I, I guess you, i can see that but um yeah it's really good nice cute graphics um solid gameplay works works really well um and uh yeah i, I kind of played it a bit and then cody actually showed me how to play it properly <laughs> <laughs> oh we having a blast playing it though and and then when we were playing this we were using again my my next i have kind of permanently paired to a uh 8-bit doe genesis controller which seems to work really well with the next so it does yeah it looked looked played really well didn't it when we tried some other games, I showed you kind of the high-speed modes of the Spectrum Next. Um, but then we also played another Jeff Bagley game, uh, Tiverian, which, of course, I'm going to have troubles getting up right now. But Yeah. And we also, what was it, Warhawk we paid as well, I yep. think, wasn't it? Yeah, Warhawk. Um, failing awesome. it. Oh, there we go. So, I mean, overall, what did you think of the Next, since you finally got to touch it? It's lovely. It's a lovely thing. I can't wait to get mine eventually. If <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same here. Same here. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's a great great machine. Looks looks really good. It's everything that I thought it would be basically. Um, so it, it didn't disappoint. Oh yes, there we go. That that's 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 Tiberian, isn't it? Yeah, that that was really good. I really enjoyed that one. Very good game. Yep, all the Jeff Bagley games are amazing on that. Um, Oh, I get. Look at this. This is a game called Solar Fox. This is what it was based off. To this day, I had never realized that arcade that game. NES game, isn't it? Solar Fox. Um, arcade, well, apparently. Know, maybe I'm thinking Solstice. I was thinking of that that funny box, but yeah. But yeah, there it is. Anyways, that was a whole lot of fun, and I'm stoked to get my uh, Spectrum Plus. Did I say that correctly? That you gave yes. me because Your that Spectrum was the, Plus, uh, yeah. the the the. Um, visual i guess uh the aesthetically precursor to the to the spectrum mix as well as the, the you know the way the keys looked and the way that it was shaped and everything so it was super yeah, cool to that's, see that's that's the way that the next was modeled off the spectrum plus and the and the 128 yep very cool um i finally got my hands on and by, by that i mean i finally spent some dollars Actually, I didn't. I spent zero dollars, so take it all back. But I finally got Tony Hawk 1 and 2, the new modernized version of Tony Hawk's 1 and 2, compiled together. And Eric, I remember you bought this right when it came out. And I did. Uh, me being the cheap butt I am, I waited until it came out for free with PlayStation... Uh, what do you call it? PlayStation, the monthly... I want, PlayStation Plus? Plus. There you go. I wanted to call it PlayStation Gold, but, you know, their version of it. And it was free last month, and I downloaded it, and I played it a whole lot for a few days and i kind of fell off of it but i want to get right back to it because those are brilliant games and they are Tony hawk 2 especially like one of my favorite games of all time yeah for sure and they kind of added a few things which is really cool i think they lost some of the licensed music but they added new licensed music that fits perfectly um very very cool so i'm excited to have that so I bought the Jag GD so we, we could do, because we're going to later, we're going to do the six good Jaguar. 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 
And so I did end up immediately after Tim graciously gave me that uh, Jaguar, I went and found the Jag GD and I was able to find it from Retro HQ and and I was able to get it shipped immediately. But man, that thing is is expensive. It is a spicy meatball, as I said in the notes. Is it a lot now? Oh man, it's over two hundred bucks. Oh, yeah, wow. I don't know how much you spent on it, but it was probably two forty or something like that. Oh wow, yeah, no, it's gone up. Ouch. Yeah, that's, but that, we. I don't think I spent that much. I think it was probably about um, eighty, ninety, maybe a hundred at the time. But I think I got in quite early on those. Oh yeah, I, think yeah, I paid I more mean, than that. But yeah, these things were. I mean, I bought it at Retro HQ. It was the only place they had it in stock, so I wanted to make sure we got something so that we could do this uh, six good games. Um, yeah, I mean, it's looking like it was right about the same cost, right? Yeah, I'm just checking it out where I typically buy mine. Mine, it's funny, yours says Jaguar GD. Mine actually is, is from Stone Age Gamer, so it says Jaguar yep. Game Drive on it. So yeah, their yeah, current cost is two hundred four ninety nine. I think I got it for probably one sixty nine ninety nine, something like that. Yeah. yeah, and that says out of stock, so obviously you weren't going to get nope. if you you couldn't get that right right away. So I got it straight from Retro or. Don't remember exactly where I got it from, but Retro was, HQ probably, yeah. And it was probably after shipping and everything. It was like about two thirty. So, yeah, man, that's Cause crazy. Because he, he's got to make those things, and then he ships them then out to the distributors because he doesn't do it himself, right? So there's kind of like going to be two lots of shipping on there, isn't it? Because it, yep. it's it's good. They're they're expensive to make again, and I think he's actually retuning some of the some of the designs. So um, he's had to move some components around because obviously you can't get certain things Turn so, chips and things uh, yeah redesigning things as well so um but it's it's great that those things are out there and yep. apparently the neo uh the pocket neo geo one yep um is going to be coming back in the next six to seven weeks so i'm going to have to try and get one of those because i've got that, that wonderful um, Neo Geo Pocket that I've got here that you kindly sent me, Eric, is, yes. is sat there, and I've I've got that one game which is great, but I, I really want to play more of that. Um, so I think I'm going to have to invest in that. And I think Cody would agree. I mean that that console in particular has a high percentage of fantastic. Every games. game is great, yeah. which yeah. which would be the opposite of the Atari Jaguar. But we found six good games. We'll talk about those later on in the show. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do have to ask you, I I was finally able to get some of the Jaguar CD games working on that thing. Did you, have you guys gotten those to work yet? No, no I didn't even try. try. haven't even tried. Yeah, it's a bit of a process and trial and error. I was able to play about three out of the 13 so far, but it takes some doing. But I was hoping to pick a good one from the Jaguar CD just for the novelty of it, but the three I got working were not good games. Okay. <laughs> okay. There you go. So I have been... Um, uh, watching a few videos on YouTube. And one of those was, um, Rod from Future was 8 Bits was playing a game called Apple Bandits on the 64, which looked a really cool little shoot 'em up. Um, but then when I tried to find it, I couldn't find a game called Apple Bandits. Apple Bandits. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, and then I found out it's actually just called bandits. Where the <laughs> so apple come Rod, from? Rod put in apple in the beginning. So because if you look on the title screen on the game, it, there's an apple at the top. So okay. I was just reading it as apple bandits. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I managed to find this game and it's absolutely brilliant shoot em up. It's really, really cool. Um, it's done, it's programmed. Um, one of the programmers is actually the guy, uh, Tony Nago. Um, who did Park Patrol on the Commodore 64. Huh, this wow. is an earlier game. And you can actually see some of the um, the layout of uh, the the kind of like the engine behind the game. So the, you've got like the way that the, the fonts and the scoring and all that sort of score line. Okay. Um, and just even there's a couple of little graphics in, in this one that actually follow over into Park Patrol. Um, so there's kind of like some of the little funny characters in this, but anyway, it's almost like a space um, invaders kind of shooter. It is. It's it's a, it's a shooter, but the idea is, is that you've got, um, the, instead of sort of like shooting, zapping aliens and all that sort of stuff, you've got some of that element in there, but they're trying to steal your fruit. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, So you've got like lots of, you've got different fruit on the far right hand side and the aliens aliens kind of like come in waves and you've got to try and stop them getting to the right-hand side of the screen because if they come to the right-hand side of the screen and they're there for too long, they'll steal some of your fruit and they'll take it away and they, they go up. Leave my fruit alone. Them. Yeah, leave my leave my cherries. You can't have my cherry. <laughs> so um, they, uh, they, they're they shooting. You've got to shoot the fruit and then get, get it back. But if they steal all your fruit, obviously, then it's game over. But... Uh, Sounds very simplistic, but it's actually a game I've never really seen before. No, I've never seen this before. Future. You've also got push up on the stick and you've got a shield as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's like a 1984 game, I think. Um, so it's quite early. Um, and I saw him steal a flag too. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. He's stealing <laughs> our flag. Stole my, stole my flag. My, my American flag. Yeah. But it's, it, you know, I'm, I'm only basically describing it is there's a lot to this game. It is very, very good. It's really yeah. well, worth checking out. Interesting. Um, I haven't heard of that one. And another one, and as I don't know if you guys have, have seen this one or not, and this is one that I, I randomly, I was just looking on eBay, believe it or not, and I saw a Commodore 64 game priced at £100, and it was a cartridge, and it was called Mono, and it was a recent game. It's uh, the last few years. Um, and this is a great shooter, another great shooter. Have you guys Quick. seen this one? No, no, no. It looks okay. very fast. Um, I can see maybe that Sarah Jane Avery has taken a few cues from this game. Um, because hmm. this obviously came out before, um, what's the, um, Zeta Wing? Z- Zeta Wing, yeah, yeah. I think she may may have taken a few cues from this game because it's it's like I don't know if you can see see it on the screen there, but you kind of got this um, the the as you as you're scrolling through instead of just a plain back background, you've got like a kind of like a parallax scrolling, but it's just like wavy lines. Yeah, yeah. faster on, in the on center, the first level, and they go slower on the back and faster in the middle, so it kind of gives you that feeling of speed. Um, but you do get power-ups in this game, but try and keep those power-ups for more than about 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's, it's a brutal game, but it's fair because what it does is instead of lives, you've got your score. So the more aliens that you're shooting, the higher your score is, 
and therefore you've got more life. But as soon as you take hits, it takes away your score. Yeah, I see that. If your score goes down to zero, then it's game over. Calculations are on the left side of the screen there. It's like negative three. Now you're from down from 73 to 70. That's it, yeah. Um, so you've got kind of like, you haven't really got big end of level bosses, but some of the harder characters from that particular level, you get, uh, a bunch of them kind of like come in and swirl around and all that sort of stuff. And you've got to work out the pattern, but man, this is a great game. It's got a great soundtrack as well. Literally every level has its own music. Um, so it's not just the same thing going through the whole game. Um, yeah. I would definitely recommend this one. I'll give now, it a shot. The version, uh, the version that I got, um, I, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I had to go on to, what is it? CSDK. CSDB. CSDB. Yeah. CSDB is like a great place. Bit yeah. dirty, bit, bit, bit dirty pirate. What? Um, so I do apologize, but I had to download it from there because I couldn't find anywhere that I could buy it. I mean, I didn't have a lot of time well, before for the show. CSDB, for the most part, will not put anything that's currently for sale. Yes, it will. Uh, okay. I mean, maybe <laughs> yes, some, but for, yes, the most, for the most part, they try not to, I've noticed, because a well, lot of times... Okay, fair enough. But yes, there, there's there's like, you know, uh, I can, you know, Rodman's on there. Um, what was it? Um, Goatron went up there literally the minute it came out and oh, all really? that sort of hmm. stuff. So yeah, yeah, it, it is on there. Um, but anyway, I won't, won't, won't get delve too much into that, but let's, let's talk about cool games. Um, and Mono is definitely one... I would recommend uh, that you guys check out and the listeners check out the one, as well. Mono the one thing, it looks great. The one thing about this that I think would throw me for a loop is the fact that if you go through one of the sides of the screen, you pop out the other side. Mm, and, both, uh, and the bottom of the screen as both well. Both horizontally yeah. and vertically. Yeah, exactly. So I think yeah. that would throw me for a loop, but it looks like quick. It looks, it's like, it's a basically almost a bullet hell. I mean, there's a yeah. lot going on. Yeah, there is a lot going on. But, you know, for me, normally, Bullet Hells I can't get on with. But I actually played this for for a fair bit because of the way that dynamic is. You're not dying instantly. And although you don't keep your power-ups, your first weapon isn't too bad. Um, and you, there's no sort of like, you know, random, you know, uh, puts you back, uh, you know, 10, 10 places or something like that in your in your progress in that level you just die you re respawn straight away and you're straight back in um so yeah it's, it's nice it's got a good flow to it nice love me some Excellent. shooters so mono something you try to really avoid in real life but for the game you want to get mono <laughs> you want to get mono speaking of i don't know console wars is a book that i finished listening to yeah. yay and it is extremely good um, so i know eric said I the same the, thing yeah i listened to the audiobook like yeah literally like three years ago four years ago and i was riveted i loved yeah. it i couldn't wait to get in my car and keep listening to this and it sounds so stupid because it seems like such a dry thing to listen to it's not really I even about, it. I mean, if you like video games, you might enjoy some of the insights, but it's really more about like business and decision making and figuring out how yep. to market things is really yep. what it's about. And I mean, ultimately it's about that period of time, which we talked about last episode where Nintendo just ruled the market in the US and the Genesis was out for two years and just could not compete with the 8-bit Nintendo until this guy kind of took it over at least according to this book, right? And right. what he did to change the marketing, really, that and to highlight some of the games and things that eventually made Sega 
uh, take a big old bite into Nintendo's marketplace um, and give them a lead over Super Nintendo when that launched, which eventually that whittled away too. But yeah, it's it was yeah, extremely interesting. It, yeah, I loved how it started out with Kalinsky, which was you know the the president of Tom. Genesis, and how he was recruited off the beach by yep. you know Sega Japan, and they he was on vacation, and they brought him in, and then. You know, it talked about him for a while, but the funny thing is then it just talked about more Everybody. his lieutenants, like the, that guy Al. I don't remember his last name, Al something. Um, and it it just it just switched to his lieutenants and other people in the organization. Then it switched to people in Nintendo, like that lawyer. Uh, I forget. Like I, I can't remember it, it, like names, I said, yeah, it's, but... been, it's been four or five years since I've listened to – I listened to an audiobook in my car, but – it just switches to people and different people, and it isn't all focused on Kalinsky yeah. and the and and. Must it, listen. I it's just, awesome. I was I was riveted by the story. I thought it was amazing. Like I I, I was really shocked how I thought it was going to be kind of a dry thing, but it would be historically interesting. So I was going to stick with it. But I was riveted, as in any kind of suspenseful novel I've ever read. I agree. It seemed like it was going to be boring and dry, kind of like. You know, somebody who's a, I don't know, car mechanic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, This is a game that I've just literally just did my usual thing, just looking through the Switch store and thinking, oh, I need to need some content for the show. What can I, what can I, what can I find? Um, And this is one that I just sort of like car mechanic pinball. (laughs) Why not? Let's let's have a look. Let's give that Um, a shot. Yeah. It's actually not, not too bad. Um, it's the graph. I don't know. I can't, I haven't really looked into it who created it, but it looks very much <laughs> I'm watching the it graphic now. style looks very much like, um, was it Crossy Roads? Yeah. Um, yeah. If you, you've seen that, and like the game engine kind of cheesy of like 3D trying to be pixel, but still kind of yeah. 3D. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on yeah. Switch, right? This is on Switch. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, and it, it's kind of, um, a, a strange mechanic to to wedge into a pimple game if you if you pardon yeah. the pun the mechanic um but essentially what you do is you've got cars um and they are broken and you've got to fix them um it starts out that you've uh, got two parking spaces at the bottom of the screen um and that's where your cars are kind of like launched from and you can choose between those two cars and they've got different things wrong with them so in the first instance you're just literally repairing the headlights so you fire the uh, car up into the play field the top of the play field you've got um kind of like is not part of the pinball table as such um, but you can control the car loosely using the um, flipper buttons at the top um, and you can control the drift on the car so you can kind of go around that top play field a bit that comes into the mechanic a bit later um, eventually it drops into your your sort of like your smallish pinball play field you've got th- uh, two mechanics to start off with the idea is is you hit the car into the mechanic and then it gives you a percentage of the car been repaired um, there are um, money coins and credits to collect along the way because um, obviously the objective is to get more credits to upgrade your um, your mechanics status and the services that you can offer to repair cars to earn more money um so uh, in the in the main pinball play field you're kind of like sat there initially just trying to get enough um percentage to to repair the vehicle then you can hit it out of that play field and then into the drift zone and as you go into the drift zone you're 
hitting other cars and other bits and pieces like that. Sorry, one other main point I didn't make is that the two sides just down beside your uh, flippers, you've got fuel depot, a little fuel depot. If you hit that with the car, it pops out for fuel. You've got to collect that fuel to go up into the drift zone because if you run out of fuel in the drift zone, the car all, all the, the car drains um, and you lose a life. Um, so and it's, it's basically done in turns. So you get, I think it's three cars to repair in each turn. Then at the end of that turn, you then tot up your score, whether you've made money, lost money. And then that's the point where you can, um, buy your upgrade. So the next thing to do is like, you can repair the engine. Um, and so you've got two things that you can repair. Um, so you've got to kind of like keep it twice as long in the actual main pinball playing field to hit the mechanics. Eventually you can buy more mechanics and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, that's car mechanic pinball. <laughs> Actually, I legit want to buy it. How much was it? Oh, uh, I think it was like a dollar or something yeah. like that. It I'm going to have to. It really expensive. hundred pounds. If I can get it, if I can get <laughs> 10 minutes of joy out of this, it's worth it. This looks super cool. And it's, it really looks like he said crossy roads pinball, but you can hit the car out of the pinball field just like into the streets and it's bouncing yep. around the streets with it hitting people and cars and stuff. It looks like a blast. This yeah, game cool looks. Find. This game. This game looks so stupid and and awesome. <laughs> it does. That's right? exactly what I thought. I thought this is going to be rubbish. But yeah. The other <laughs> the other good thing about it is is it's got all the proper d- good visceral pinball sounds as well. The dings and the bings and the bells yeah. and all that sort. It's really good. The beeps and it the. It looks boops. like it should be stupid, but it looks really cool. Yeah. Yep. Eric, the next two should be quick wins for us. I think. This one's going to be quick. So when I bought that JVC XI, as you guys know, I went and bought this JVC controller and I got the official one. I approve. JVC. I think you need to have the correct controller, even if it's the exact same Genesis controller with different letters on it. I and approve. that's exactly what it is. It is just a Genesis controller with a different color. It's a nice blue, blue, dark blue on the thing with a little logo for JVC. Oh, I didn't know it was a different color. That's cool. It is. It's not black. It's like totally like the same color as the JVC XI. It's kind of like a super dark blue. Um, But I bought it and it works great. All the buttons work and everything. But as I was testing it, I loaded up uh, Streets of Rage 2, which is my favorite Genesis games, as you guys know. And I started playing it and I started getting on this really good streak out of the blue. Like I was literally just testing the controller and then I was going to go and forget about it. Right. But I got on this really great streak, and I was like, oh, man, I'm doing really well. And I would pause it and go do something else and then come back and play a little more and do it. Now, listen, I've played Streets of Rage 2 lots of times. I've played it with my son, Multiplayer. I've played it alone. And I've beaten the game many, many times, but n- not with one credit. But this time, I beat it all the way with one credit. So yeah, That's impressive. Yeah, so I beat Streets of Rage 2. All the way through, one credit with this new JVC controller. Thank you, That's JVC. All there is to it. Thank you, JVC. I on the on the you. JVC XI, right? On the JVC XI, absolutely. That's yep. cool. That's cool. Yep. So I beat it all the way through, one credit, all by myself. So that's it. So anyway, Cody. Speaking of the Genesis. Yeah, I'll go very quick on this because I think I'm going to do a Cody's corner on it next month. But basically, okay. I ended up playing a whole bunch of Genesis 16-bit shmups. Genesis 16-bit shmups have a very specific feel. And I just clicked with them, and I just played a ton of these things and got extremely far in them, including yes. only, almost beating Thunder Force 3. I was at the very end. 
which I've never gotten Ooh, anywhere nice. near that before. I just it just no. clicked. Yeah. Truxton, I got very far on it. Grindstormer, which is a game I used to own, got very far on it. So I'm gonna I think I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight a lot of these games and talk about them next month. So yes. Hey, maybe Genesis six good uh, shmups. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. A lot of there's them. There's a lot of them, and they're all they're all pretty decent. So, and I love Truxton. That's one of my favorite games of all time. Like, on, especially on the Genesis. You went back to Legacy Toys and Games. Yeah. So okay. I want to show you okay. this. I'll make this quick, but so I went there today. This oh, was wow. today. Okay. I drove in there. Oh, I already see a color. I see. I know what it is. I gave him, I gave him the, I gave him, I, I said the secret password. I said, Hey dude, what's in the back? And he goes, look what I got. And I said, and he, and I said, I, I'm interested And he's all 20 bucks. Oh my gosh, dude, Eric. And so he gave it to me seriously, 20 bucks. Now it's completely untested and I don't have everything to test it out. I got to get a cartridge. I got to get a power supply. I can, but it's a fam, famicom. Nice. It's in really good condition too. So I'll That's tell you right now, yep. if I were to guess, it is not working, and yep. it's not working because somebody plugged an American Nintendo power That's supply right. into it, and so there's yep. two parts you buy for about a total of $2.50, you solder them in, and it works fine. That's what that's happens. What so that I'm, sure, I'm positive that's what's going on, because I read about like the reversed, you can't do a regular Nintendo controller, you yep. can't, or power supply. Um you have to use one that's a reverse one. And I found out that you can use a Genesis yep, one. That's correct. Power supply with this. So I have a cartridge on order because I don't even have a cartridge for this. Oh, you could. I have a doc, yeah. Dr. Mario on, on order. It was cool. like 12 bucks. Um, when that comes in, I'm going to test it out. And if it doesn't work, then I'm going to. I'm going to hit you up, Cody, and tell me what's going on, and I need to get whatever yeah. parts I need. Now, here's the other thing. You're going to plug it in, and you're yep. going to. it's not going to work, even if it yep. looks like it'll work. There's no LED on there. It's literally a, literally a yep. red sticker that shows that it's quote-unquote on. That's I can see that. So the other thing, and I know Tim's mentioned this. He knows this, too, but uh, it doesn't work like a normal NES on channel 2 and 3 because it's Japanese. So it's it'll show up on our systems as channels 98 and 99, I believe. So okay. you have to find a TV that you can tune to channel 98 and 99 to test that out. I think my Toshiba will do that. So yeah, some TVs can do it. Some TVs just won't. Like it, It's like almost impossible to actually select those channels. Um, yep. But ultimately, the goal is to, to mod it because you don't want to have to do that anyway. So I found this really cool mod called the Power Vamp. Okay. And it replaces the whole power supply circuit board because I guess there's a main board and then a power supply circuit board. I mean, and I guess this this replaces the whole power supply circuit board, but it it gives you a power supply that'll take anything, like anything that's nine or ten volt. Um, the RF converts to a composite, and this little thing turns into like like where you can just plug in any. I, sound I've thing seen too. that. I think it was like thirty five or forty bucks. Yep, which is cool if you want all that. But if you want to do a basic mod, it's a few dollars in parts and just a little time and effort. And I think you could do it. So okay, up to you. So anyway, anyway, twenty bucks, one way or another. If it doesn't work or not, I think it's a pretty good deal. Just one yeah, thing very awesome for me that I did pick up when I was yeah. over um, looking through some of Cody's stuff. I was very jealous about one particular thing, huh. and yeah. thought I need to get hold of that. So yeah. um, just very quickly, I picked up a Game Genie. Oh really? Yeah. Which I saw on your shelf, not just literally beside you, I think. And I thought, oh, God, I haven't seen one of those for years. Huh. Um, 
and I thought, oh, these these are probably going to be really expensive now. Um, and the, you know, they're they're going around. I don't know, twenty. 40 pounds something like that and you know complete in box and everything i picked this one up for three pounds nice <laughs> nice nice pick very, up. very quickly so i got that and it all works as well it's it's really great good. that's that's, that's a, a very um american centric system i mean it's japanese but american centric system but game genie was made by Codemasters, which is very uk centric <laughs> so yep. Yep. it's interesting yep. cross section there of history um last item here on catching up i'll burn through them pretty quick Three modern games. First of all, I want to talk about Mario Kart 8. We played a whole bunch more of that with my daughters. I did go ahead. I thought about doing the upgraded um, Switch Pass. Decided not to because it's a whole lot more money per year. Ultimately, I just want the Mario Mario 8 courses. And actually did the research, and it was 25 bucks to get the pass for all the courses. As of this point, there's only two out right now, but when the new ones come out, we'll get access to them. So we started playing a whole bunch more Mario Kart on these new courses, and it's really cool to kind of learn the new courses and get excited about the secrets and scream at each other and then yell at each other. And then my wife starts laughing hysterically because she did something to upset my daughter. Then my daughter starts crying because she took it the wrong way and then runs off. And she bring her back in, and we all have a good time again. It's good old family fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I've been playing more and more of that Alice um, Xbox game, yeah. the Alice, uh, what is it, Madness, something to Madness uh still enjoying the heck out of it. it's creepy and dark and weird but um it's a lot of gameplay i think i'm like 12 hours in and i'm only on i still haven't beaten level two out of four or world two out of, they call it level but uh that's been fun two new games i wanted to touch on art of rally on the switch uh tim it's a rally game figured you would have some interest in this i'm not gonna pretend it's mind-blowing but it's kind of a cool indie take on rally racing um very minimalistic you can get these cars, which are some of them are rally, real rally cars, some of them aren't. But you go through these kind of like stylized '80s looking geometric, but nice geometric looking tracks. Um, the goal is to make it to Group Two and do insane things in rally cars. But you can see some of the gameplay here. Um, it's it's I, I, you can change the view to inside your car as well. But for the most part, it's like kind of if you want to call it over the sh- shoulder racing um it's it's been fun it's it's, it's kind of cool I, I again it's yeah. free on xbox so worth a shot it may or may not click with you i like the i like the graphic style on it, it looks really cool yeah yeah it's hard to get it's hard to get used to the way the cars handle which is fine uh which also brings me to my next game which is one i've been talking about for a while and it is just released for free again on playstation plus and that's a game I've been wanting. I've been thinking about buying it physical. Hot Wheels Unleashed. Um, and I have really, really good things to say about this game and a couple of negatives to say about the game. But ultimately, this game is flipping cool. Um, the Hot Wheels themselves, it's a racing game. You're racing. It's like, how, how did I describe it? So you're driving these Hot Wheel cars, which have different stats, you know, speed, braking power, acceleration, handling, and then you have boosts. It's kind of like playing um, uh, Ivan Stewart's Off-Road or, or Sprint um, yeah. in that you've got these boosts and turbos, and it's kind of super arcade but it's also first-person, almost Mario Kart-like, but really, more realistically, it's almost more like a Sega arcade game. I'm trying to find the actual gameplay to show you guys. This video is just showing all the other stuff you can do. Here you go. There's the, some gameplay. 
the tracks look way cool. Oh yeah, and it, you're literally in. Re- it's like Micro Machines too, uh, yeah. in that you're like you're literally playing like life size Hot Wheels and racing them as if they're, you're driving them, but the tracks are like Hot Wheels track, like that hot orange track. Now they're wider so that you can fit multiple cars on the track and go around each other and stuff. There's all kinds they're of like, like those tracks that used to snap together. Yeah, like that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, it's not, yeah. and you can't even say used to. They still sell that stuff like crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've built, built many a track for Danica. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and Those like you're going cool. through either like a school or like your dorm room or like a skate park, but the track is, you know, relatively the same, the correct size inside these massive rooms, right? And there's cool stuff on the track, like fans that blow you to one side. We're looking at that right now. You have to do drifts around corners. Um, there's little pot spots right here, which give you free turbos, kind of like on off-road. Um there's areas that will make you speed up, like your car revs faster. There's areas that will slow you down. There are uh, areas that refill your boost faster. There's areas that when you drive over them, they might be a shorter path, but they slow down your boost so you don't get as much boost. It is, and, and then the whole time, the aesthetic is smooth and clean and gorgeous, and your car, the way it's drawn, looks like a Hot Wheel. Like, yeah. It's not like super high res. It's like you look at it and it's like you can see all the little like imperfections of a toy car. Um, super fun. Lots to collect. A whole lot of levels. Tons of content. Unlockables. There is a bunch of DLC. The one thing I don't like is um, it's not like a pay to play kind of a thing, but you there it is obvious that they're like, hey, here's all the DLC you don't have. You can't access this because you haven't bought DLC. So it kind of makes you feel like you're missing right. out. Some FOMO. Yeah. But ultimately, I didn't pay for the game at all, so I can't complain too much. Loop-de-loops, uh, big old boss battles, which are really just um, like one-on-one car battles with really cool set pieces. Super cool game. Super cool yeah, game. Now, the negative, it looks fantastic. The negative is, compared to the games I've been playing, like on 8-bit systems, 16-bit stuff, I feel like there's just lag in the controls. And it's not my TV, because I've played other games where it's not there. It's It's something in the algorithm of how you turn that I'm just not used to. So it takes me playing this about 15 minutes before I start to gel with it each time I play it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I want it to react quicker. It, it's slow to react and it drives me nuts sometimes. But ultimately I think the game itself is flipping amazing. If it wasn't for that lag, it'd be like an a plus, uh, because of the lag, I'm going to give it a B plus, but, uh, super cool. Got to try it out. Still worth a nook. Absolutely. Uh, it's one of my favorites of the year. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. I think we are all caught up sufficiently. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and talk about six good games. Six good games. Okay. And this episode of Pixel Guide End, we're doing six good Atari Jaguar games. Jag- yes. Jaguar. Jagger- Jaguar. Jag- it's Jaguar. Um, on the face of this you think woof you got to try and find six good jaguar games well mm, it's it's probably easier than you might first think actually this is i Um, have the opposite effect the more i play with the jag the more i'm falling in love with it as a console yeah i'm with i'm with tim because i I, I, like when we started this everyone was it was a joke like oh you're not going to why six good games there's not six good games on the jaguar you know i mean we were looking at all these twitter responses and on discord i i 
found tons of great games on here. I love great? them all. You said great. Wow. I did. I found a lot of great games. Um, a lot of stinkers, for sure. But I found a lot of decent games, too. All right. For, for me, I, I think I already knew of a lot of the good ones, and I didn't want to pick them because they're obvious. So I tried to find yeah. deeper cuts, and that's where I failed. Uh, <laughs> so to, the, to, to my end point, I didn't find too many deeper cuts. Long story short. Okay. Anyways, let's go ahead and just talk about uh, we got two good games each. So, um, let's Tim, let's let you lead off this time. What's your first good Jaguar game that you found? And, of course, we're picking this because Eric got his Jaguar now. So we now all three have Jaguars. And, that's right. Yep. And Jaguar game drives. So, start us off, Tim. So, the first Jaguar, Jaguar. game that I've chosen um, is Ultra Vortec by Beyond Games. Uh, this was launched in September 1995. Uh, it's programmed by a, cr- a chap called Chris N. Johnson. Uh, this essentially is a beat-em-up. Simple as that. Um, it's kind of like... a robot-based um, beat-em-up that's very similar in a way to Mortal Kombat, which for me, kind of no bad thing. Um, there are a few games on the Jaguar that kind of play off of that, um, probably because I don't... Did Mortal Kombat actually come out on the Jaguar? I don't think it did. No, did it? it didn't. No, no you say no, beat-em-up. I, I mean, it's a one-on-one it's fighter. fighter is what I would call it, but yeah... Yeah, yeah, when you say okay. beat him up, I mean, I think of Streets of Rage or Final Fight or something okay. like that. But gotcha. this is more gotcha. of a fighter. It's, it's a fighter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one-on-one fighter um, mm-hmm. set kind of like a futuristic thing. So you, you're battling different robots, different characters. Um, the exact words are, it's set in a dystopian future where civilization has been reduced to Mad Max-inspired world. Ultra Vortex follows seven fighters from three groups as they enter a tournament held by a demonic being well-known as the Guardian. Um, so anyway, there's just a little bit of background. Um, it's got special moves. Um, it's got the, uh, the, the, the kind of like the finish at the end where you hit the character with your special move when he's out of energy and then he kind of like crashes down through the, the bottom of the screen and all that sort of stuff. Um, essentially it's just a nice solid fighter. I was quite surprised with this. Um, there's nothing special about the dynamic of the game or anything like that. Um, one of one of the things that I did notice is in the middle of the screen at the top, you've kind of got this all-knowing, all-seeing eyeball that Creepy follows you, eyeball. you move, move around the screen. I thought yep. that was quite nice. Um, there's some nice sort of like cut scenes in between the games and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I was really presently surprised by this. It's a, it's a decent game. I didn't feel that it was, maybe I was on the easy level or something like that, but I didn't feel it was too much of a challenge um i got relatively far through the game in the first go um but yeah it's it's, it's quite nice actually it's, it's a i think it's a good solid game um and the only other one that i played was i think which was kasumi ninja um and that wasn't particularly great i didn't really enjoy that although it's a similar style of game this one is just more rounded and a bit more polished um the other one thing with this one is uh, it did actually have potential where it was going to be using the Jaguar voice modem peripheral for online play, Ooh, fancy. Um, but that yeah. never got released. So uh, that okay. was something that could have come into this game. 
So, Tim, when I saw this on your list, I was like, okay, well, you know, I didn't have anything to do that night. So I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. So, because I love fighters. Okay, so I loaded this up, and it is a janky Mortal Kombat clone that I played for about two hours and enjoyed my time with it. So yeah. it, it definitely is is a good game. I mean, it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun, but it it totally is a Mortal Kombat wannabe, but not nearly as smooth and polished as Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, I played Buzzsaw, which you saw him on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, I do as well. Yeah. The thing that I always do pick with fighters, I pick one guy and I try to learn all of his special moves and stuff. And or her. you're right. It's when you play against the computer, you don't. It's not chal- It's not that challenging. I mean, I played all the way through and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Got all the way through, but there are some pretty cool stuff. Like when you, there's a thing. It's almost like the the fatality, like in Mortal Kombat, but it's called something else. I don't remember what it is now. But it's like something like finish him, you know, yeah. but it's not finish him. It's something like, hey, you know, destruction time or something like that. I don't remember what it is. And you walk over to him. And if you do your kind of super punch, That's like it. he flips up and he and he, they, they falls down like six or seven levels and then splats on the ground like a six story building or something. I thought that was hilarious. And uh, I, I kind of wanted to learn other moves, but like it's, it's hard to find information on this game, like finding people's special moves and and this and that, but I was on my phone and kind of looking up like Buzzsaw's special moves and all this stuff. It's fun. It's fun, but it is a janky kind of Mortal Kombat clone, but it's a lot of fun. So I agree with you. It's, yeah, it is a good game. A lot of the Jaguar stuff is like that, isn't it? It's that kind of like um, Amiga games with a little bit extra or, you know, they've tried to do some of the proper implementation, um, but not, not quite had the budget and the time to (laughs) to round the edges off. Yep. They they put the money into the graphics, not the gameplay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, it looks, it looks very much like they're just straight up trying to rip off Mortal Kombat with the kind of, um, <clears throat> what do you call it like the digitized character sprites and um it's like mortal Kombat, re- but more sci-fi looking i guess to a point um yeah. but to me you know not being a fighting person i didn't i didn't even load it up i didn't want to look into it, it wasn't going to be my cup of tea regardless but i regularly see this in like the top 10 jaguar games so yeah not surprised to see it very cool yeah had fun with it i mean i thought it was pretty cool yeah, it's, it's a game that was completely new to me. I'd never even seen or heard of it before. I just loaded it up and was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yep. You found one. Eric. <laughs> so little little thing about the background on this game is, is so when Tim was here and he gave me the Jag, Jaguar, um, we played some of the decent games like Tempest 2000 and a couple other games. We played those together and, and I enjoyed them very much. And then after Tim left, I was looking through, literally just looking through the games to see by title if I could find something that looked interesting. And I looked and looked and looked and I was like, oh man, yeah, I don't know any, you know, these don't really comport to anything that's going to make, that make may make a difference one way or another. But then I came across this one and it's called Power Drive Rally. And I was like, rally games, I love rally games, so let's give this a shot. So I loaded this up and love it. It is uh, <laughs> it is an amazing rally top down 
I mean, it's not really, it's, I, I have a hard time calling it top down. Top it's down. a little, it's top down kind of. It's got a little angle so you can see the 3D-ness of it. Yeah. But top down gameplay. So this is by Rage Software. Um, it is an Atari Jaguar exclusive. Um, this is a um, sequel to a game called Power Drive, which was released on multiple platforms in 94. Um, this game was released in 95. So there is like a precursor to this game called Power Drive, but this one's called Power Drive Rally. It's it's kind of your typical rally fare. It is like a top-down where you're navigating tracks. Um, there are tr- time trials in some tracks where you have to complete this time trial to qualify for the rally race. And then once you get in the rally race, you are driving around and you have, there is a voice in there that is telling you the turns coming up, like, you know, right turn, you know, and just like your typical rally thing. Um, one very interesting thing about this game is that you take damage. And if you take extreme damage, your car suffers for it on the drive. So you can't navigate the tracks very well if you take a ton of damage. At the end, though, you take the money that you've won and accumulated, and you can repair the damage on your car. Um, other than that, there are just it it just there are just a ton of different tracks and countries that you compete in on this game. I love it. I, I haven't spent as much time as I want to in this game, but it is the one game on the Jaguar that I will be returning to for sure and playing through because this game is awesome i think you must have been naturally drawn to this one because this is the game that i tested your jaguar out on <laughs> oh really yeah i did yeah. oh uh, awesome I that, that, that is awesome and i didn't know you knew about this I, game it was one of the one i wanted to choose but you got in there first so fair enough <laughs> okay yeah and i just came across it by the name of the title like the don't judge a book by its cover but i totally judged this by the title of the game and luckily it was a winner so so i'll say that i i I think i did play a lot of this one a while back there's actually a number of games in this style um which is almost like 2d gameplay on 32 and 64-bit systems that kind of um lend themselves to 2d gameplay but uh there's some neo geo games that are very similar to this um What I will say about this one, I think it, it's a little bit better than the other ones I've played. And the, the primary thing, I, I love everything about it. You make money, you 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 know, you qualify, you do races, but it, it does suffer from what a lot of these suffer, games suffer from for for me, which is there's not a whole lot of uh, real estate ahead of your car to see when things are going to ha- turn. That's true. And it's a whole lot of like you have to memorize the track to do anything in these games, but. Um, yep. Yeah, very cool game. I agree. Now, I will I will challenge the listeners to listen to all these good games we've come up with and say, with this massive 64-bit system, keep in mind right now the most powerful system that this Atari Jaguar is competing against is the Super Nintendo, which is 16-bits. Um, and I guess potentially the Genesis as well. Um, are there any games that we're talking about here where they're any better if not four times better because it has four times the quote-unquote power as the super nintendo that is being done on the 64-bit system um this is very much a game actually i'd say this is probably one of the ones on the list that graphically could not be done on the super nintendo as well but the gameplay absolutely could (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And this, this is my thing with the Jag overall is that a lot of the games, um, and this is why I've kind of like always been like meh about the Jag is that, that a lot of the games are clearly developed oh, yeah. on Amigas and, and, you know, they're using mod files and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, well, why would you want to pay, you know, whatever it was, 300, 400 pound for the console, uh, 50 quid for a game, um, when really a lot of them are just kind of like an enhanced Amiga games. There was, you know, until sort of like AVP and all that sort of stuff came along, there was nothing really pushing the Jaguar. Um, you know, it was just like the usual fare coming out. Let's just get a game on it. Um, and what can we program it on quickly and all, how yeah. quickly can we convert it and all that sort of stuff, I think. So with, with the test of time, I think because we're not saying, right, okay, well, we've got a, we've just spent, you know, 500 bucks on this brand new, shiny, mega powerful console. It's not delivering what, you know, we expect of it take that away and actually look at some of the games just for being a game and there's some good stuff on there exactly yeah exactly but yeah it's funny how much like again my buddy had one of these bought it a couple weeks after it came out and returned it before i even got to go to his house and play with so i was like it could could have really been that bad it's supposed to be amazing and it's like no it was like a for the most part the games were like worse super nintendo games (laughs) so uh i'll talk about my first one which is I couldn't help myself. It is a game that is specific to the Jaguar, or at least originally it was. And it's a game that does kind of show so much power, although it's still 2D. And it's legitimately impressive and good. And that is the Atari Jaguar's Rayman. The first time Rayman was ever seen came out on the Atari Jaguar. And it is a 2D platformer with gorgeous 3D looking... I mean, I guess they are. I don't know if they're actually 3D or rendered 3D, but they're... 3D-esque graphics. Think uh, like Donkey Kong Country, but smoother. Um, have you guys played Rayman? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you have. I've seen footage of it. I've never played a ton of Rayman, no. I mean, yeah. I might have loaded it up, but I haven't played any of it. I'm the same. Um, I, it, again, I've kind of like steered away from this one because it's always kind of like one of the things, you know, it's one of the big games on the system and I've always been trying to look for other things to play before this. Yep. Um, so I, I, I was rightly or wrongly, I haven't, I haven't played it on the Jag yet. I was in the same ballpark and I said, whatever, I'm playing Rayman because I remember again, my buddy who bought this said the one game that he got, he got like three games with it. He's like, Rayman was good, but... Uh, everything else was garbage so here's rayman and again it's just 2d but it i mean compared to the other games you played i mean look at it graphically it's yeah very nice um it's it's smooth the gameplay is uh the big chunky sprites um that are smooth uh, it is a platformer and it's actually a rather complex platformer it's not just you know it's it's left and right up and down um Enemies are, look, you know, they're hand-drawn, cartoon-like enemies with lots of frames of animation. Rayman is this guy with a cape and hands that detach from his body. He has no arms or legs, just shoes and, and gloves. Um, I mean, most people at this point know who Rayman is from sub- subsequential games. Um, but uh, there's kind of a lot going on here. It's almost, it reminds me almost of a, a game that you really like, uh, uh, Eric, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Yeah. In that it's kind of a puzzle platformer. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to collect, a lot to do, but you can also just try to beat the level from end to end. Yeah. Um, 
kind of wacky, zany enemies. Um, background, I guess it's parallax, the background scrolling at a different speed. Everything's very detailed, and there's a lot going on, but it's always very clear what you can and can't interact with. Uh, music is solid. I, I don't know what else to say. It's just super... The, the worst part about Rayman is... And I, I actually don't even have a big issue with it, but the worst thing about Rayman is the Jaguar's controller just isn't as nice as a Super Nintendo or even Genesis controller as far as controlling a, a 2D platformer like this. <clears throat> I almost feel like the controller lets this game down where the controller really doesn't bother me in any other games. Right. So, um, yeah, that's Rayman. I mean, from, from front to back, I'm looking at a, a long play. It's three and a half hours of, of 2D platforming gameplay from front to back. It's a legit full-length game with lots going on. I mean, I could talk forever about every individual thing I'm seeing here, but um, I played this for, for a good amount of time. One of the games that actually really properly you know, sh- showed off what the Jaguar could do technically. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's very nice very again it's a 2d game so you know again people buying the jaguar thinking well i want 3d and all that sort of stuff because that's what it was at the time but you know this is you know proper legit you know you couldn't you couldn't see this being done on the amiga you couldn't see this being done on the super nintendo or the the mega drive really at the time so you know the only other thing that really could have put this close would have been the saturn i guess um which i think this did it come out on the Saturn eventually, did it? Yeah, I, I don't know if it did or didn't. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a it's you know it's very very good graphically and and I'm sure it's got all the gameplay and all that sort of stuff in there. So yeah, good yeah, for sure. So I, I'll also make a caveat when we chose our our good games here. There's one game we left off the list because it's such an obvious pick. This could have been one of those obvious picks, but uh, the hands out, everyone always says the one you have to play is Alien vs. Predator, so we plan to do that on a future podcast, so that is not on any of our lists this time, so don't get angry at us. Um, I have not actually, I literally have not played a single second of that game yet because I've been saving it for myself as well. Um, I'm excited to get to that one. Uh, Back to you, Tim. Okay. Uh, my next one is anyone that kind of like knows me this is probably going to be the the one that's the most obvious for me to pick is tempest 2000 um i've I've got some stuff on there if you want me to read it but i think we kind of like know the game uh it's by jeff minter uh llama soft um one of the kind of like the marquee titles i guess for the for the jaguar um it is uh, a a reimagined version of tempest you've got the original version the original arcade version in there as well um there's kind of like a tempest 2000 version as well um which if you don't know what the game is, it is a tube shooter. <laughs> yeah. The want of a better word. Um, tube you, shooter. <laughs> you uh, spin around um, the, uh, the tube uh, zapping the aliens as they come towards you. Um, you've got to avoid their shots, pick up um, extra uh, collections along the way so power-ups extra lives that sort of stuff and by aliens um, we mean like squares yeah. and circles and yeah <laughs> triangles it's it's a wireframe yeah exactly that's that's the thing um but yeah so there's a, a graphically enhanced version in there as well but the thing that really kind of like sets this up against um 
you know just like the basic stuff and kind of brings it more into the that uh, that kind of generation um is that you've got like the uh, what's it the uh, the melto vision um the way that the text comes in and leaves the screen and all that sort of stuff uh, very very nice special effects in the game um that's kind of like with the blast processing or whatever you want to call it that is <laughs> available in the jag um the music is absolutely amazing in this game. It's got an absolutely thumping soundtrack. Um, and they did uh, launch that separately as well um, on a CD. Uh, it did get conversions to other systems like the PC and all that sort of stuff. But then you had to play the soundtrack off of CD uh, that it came with. Um, so, yeah, this is just a, a brilliant, solid game. One that if you ever get a chance to play on a Jaguar, if you don't have one, you've got to play this one absolutely brilliant game yeah it's fun i played it quite a bit during our little six good games research i played this one a ton but i knew, i figured you were going to pick it yep i just i remember being a kid during this era and a game like this i mean now i realize how cool the game is itself but at the time i mean it looks like a wireframe 80s game I mean, it, it, it's got particle effects in the, in the title and stuff, but the gameplay is still like 80s wireframe game. Yeah. So I remember at the time, like this would not have impressed me as a kid. Nowadays, I, I think it is absolutely one of the coolest, most fun games on the Jaguar, but it's gameplay ruling more than anything else and kind of the, the sound effects and the particles kind of making a show of things. But, you know, months later, Super Mario 64 came out and you're like, this is... <laughs> this is what's yeah. competing with Super Mario 64? Are you kidding me? Yeah, kind of they, a thing. Right. Can't, can't yeah. argue that. Um, but it's great. But, but yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those stories, isn't it? That uh, uh, when the Jag for, first was revealed, um, Jeff Minter was working on this game, and then um, he got called in by one of the develop one of the creators of the Jag, and said, "Look, this this just not good enough." And he just said, "Well, you're judging it on something that isn't finished." <laughs> uh, just just let me finish the game and then you know finish the game and that's that's history basically but uh yeah, yeah. brilliant brilliant game agreed eric so my second one my second game is a ruiner pinball <clears throat> um it's a pinball game by high voltage software it is another jaguar exclusive um this one came out uh, what was it? 1995, November 6th, 1995. Um, <clears throat> it's basically just your standard fair pinball, but there are two tables in this game. Uh, one is called Ruiner and the other one is called Tower. Um, the Ruiner pinball table has um, what I thought was pretty unique. I'd never seen this before in a pinball machine, but it's side-by-side pinball tables. Mm-hmm. And you can ramp over to the second table. Um, and there's a couple ways you can do it. You can ramp over and then there's like a little shoot in during, in the top part of the table where you can kind of get over to that second table as well. Um, the ruiner part is themed on like 1950s. I want to say like nuclear yeah. threat, like, like cold, nu- cold like war, kind of, oh, yeah. War, yeah, like nuclear war, world war three kind of deal. Um, and so like you're basically now. Yeah. With girls you're trying to lower, You're trying to lower the DEFCON level in this table. Um, your flippers are literally friggin' rockets. 
ICBM yeah. flippers. <laughs> yep. So your flippers are like uh, as ICBM rockets in the bottom. They're um, like little uh, steel girder type things. Um, this so that that's that table. And then the, the the third the second table is called tower, and it's basically three tables on top of each other. So the table is super long. So if it was like in real life, it would be like the length of a whole building, I guess. Like in coin op, it would like cover the whole floor or something. Um, so it's silly. Reminds me obviously. of a revenge of the Gator that way. Exactly. That just keeps going yeah. up. Yep. yep. Um, but this one is really cool as it's got kind of a more fantasy theme to it. Um, I, so when I was doing the research on this, I, I found all the ratings for this, for this pinball game and it got very middling reviews. And some of the complaints about it were based on the physics of the ball. Um, some of it was just based on like the graphics. I thought the graphics were great. One thing I found about, 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 about the development of this game was all the graphics you see were done in deluxe paint on on an Amiga. <laughs> and, uh, and then, the files were so large, they had a hard time bringing them over to the Jaguar development side. Uh, but they did eventually find a way to do it. Um, yes, the physics is weird. Um, I wouldn't say it's great. But I didn't think it was as bad as some of the reviews show on this game. So I had a great time playing both of these tables. Um, I have to admit, I liked the second one more, Tower. Tower, um, Tower was better, it. yes. Tower is better, but Runer wasn't that bad either. Um, once I started to get the feel for the table, um, I did find that that Runer like drained a lot faster. It was very hard to get a, yeah. a decent high score in that game. It drains very fast. Um, otherwise, it's typical kind of pinball fare. But on the Jaguar, you're not going to find many games that get have much better graphics than this. Um, I thought. Fantastic graphics, great sound, gameplay probably mediocre, but otherwise, I thought it was a pretty decent pinball game. So this is a game What'd I you guys think? this is a game I I own, and I know Eric, you almost didn't pick it because you found out I actually own a copy of it. But um, yeah. I, I I wanted to own a copy of a game that had a cool box, looked cool, and was unique to the system, which this is. Yep. It's very um, so. If you're looking at what kind of what type of pinball it is, it literally plays very much like a um, pinball dreams or pinball um, fantasies, uh, where it's a scrolling table. So if you struggle with that, you're going to struggle with this. The flippers are are all different, like animals and rockets and all kinds of things. Uh, the second table, I think, is a great pinball game. I very much enjoy it. The first table is, and, and both of them struggle from this, but the the first table. I mean, graphically and, and the, the points and the way they have everything set up, I think it's great. The physics aren't bad. I actually think they're they're all right. But for whatever reason, it's just like the first table, there's a lot of things you have no control over and it's going to drain no matter what. Yeah. Um, it happens a lot. And the second table, it, it that's the same as well, um, but much less so. But in between, when the ball drains uncontrollably, you have you do have some pretty good control over what you're trying to do and what you're trying to hit. Um, but you typically get stuck in the middle of that table, the second table where you, it's kind of the most boring part of the table and it's hard to get up any higher from there. Um, so it almost makes you want to like drain to the bottom where it's more exciting down below. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it from time to time. I don't think it's a good enough, 
pinball game to go back to and actually try to like high score very often because i think there's just enough physics that are out of your control for it to be a great pinball game but yeah i would agree with it's that. cool that it, it only exists on this system and it's unique to the system yep it's more, and it's definitely a highlight of the system too i think any opinions cool. tim do you have you played this um i was keen to hear what you thought about it really pin but uh, cody because you obviously a bit more of a pinball aficionado than either of us too um and I, I can't agree any more with that really. I, I think it's 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 fair to say that it's good for the for the system. It's nice that there's a, a playable pinball on there. Um when I first powered this up, it kind of first reminded me of that one that we played on the Game Gear. Um and that filled me with dread. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, it was right, completely right. incontrollable. And then I played the second table and it's like yes. yeah, I can actually play this now. I can I can get into this. Um so yeah, the 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 table that it's actually named after, I think maybe they put a bit more emphasis on the technical side of things rather than actually the gameplay on the on the first table and then got things right with the second table. Cool. There we go. Um, that brings me down to my last pick and the last pick of the show. And that yeah. is a game that is once again, a game that tries to be as good as its 16 bit counterpart on the super Nintendo, but fails, but is still an enjoyable game in its own right. Yeah. And that is Atari carts on the Jaguar. Uh, man, this is a goose, a goofy pastiche of, I love using that word on the show of, uh, of, visuals and gameplay elements on the jaguar um <clears throat> it is essentially mario kart but with i would say with atari characters i don't recognize any of these characters except for i think the bear is from crystal castles maybe um <laughs> bentley bear maybe. maybe i mean the characters are like uh, there's a, a skeleton named scully there's a um i can't even remember which uh, one of these is the snowman there's a random girl named Ms. Tress. Like, Is the snowman from Snow Bros? Maybe. Is not that an Atari game? No. I mean, I think the bear is a Crystal <laughs> Castle bear. The rest of these, I have no idea yeah. who they are. And it's literally the Atari Jaguar, again, 64 bits, trying to achieve what the Super Nintendo achieved with Mode 7. <laughs> yeah. Years, years, years before. Um, now, I will say that... It, it's doing true 3D, true, true 3D rather than Mode 7, uh, which Super Nintendo does, which is like a 2D flat playing field. Um, actually, I don't even know if it does, honestly, because the power-ups are literally on the flat tracks that you're driving over. You don't like yeah. see them in the distance. They're part of the track, and you drive over them. Um, when you get that power up, it literally puts an X over it. So next time you drive over it, it's still there, but it has an X over it. It's the most corny solution ever in the world. It is a cart game, <clears throat> um, clearly with 2D sprites that only have a few frames of animation. Um, but it does have undulation up and down, which Mario Kart did not have. Uh, so it's left and right, as well as some some hills up and down. <clears throat> um and hit detection becomes a real issue in this game because, again, you're running into quote-unquote walls that you can only see on the flat plane below you. They're not in front of you. If, if You kind of have to see it to know what I'm talking about, but you can run into a wall that is 
on the ground. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> to yep. you guys, it might make sense. Uh, that being said, I still thoroughly enjoyed my time with this game. Yeah. Um, I completed the entire game on the normal difficulty and unlocked the pumpkin um, and then started the game on a harder difficulty. And what happens in this game is it's very easy to pass people. You just take short corners. Um, but when you get later on the game, you just start running into to little pixels and things that you don't realize are walls. And then you get stuck there for literally two minutes while you try to figure out how to get off it while everyone else completes the game, completes the level. Um, fun strategy for you. The, uh, the pickups on the ground, there's, you know, speed ups, there's, um, there's as many anti pick, uh, anti boosts as there are, uh, um, true boosts to your power. Right. Um, so, for each rabbit that you can pick up, which makes your car a little faster, there's a turtle shell, which makes you slower. Uh, for each steering wheel that like improves your handling, there's a... It looks like a set of lips. I don't know what it is. Like, kissing <laughs> lips. And if you get them, your steering goes backwards. So right is left and left is right. You kiss your steering enhancements goodbye. Yep. And you can actually get used to that pretty quick. The problem is you can't figure out when they're going to undo it. And then you that's when you go off the rails and you go hard left when you're trying to turn right by pressing left, if that makes sense. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, a fun enough game with enough crazy broken sections that you learn quick enough to learn how to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you take advantage of them, I guess you learn what's broken. Yeah. You can take advantage of it. So the fun trick I was trying to get to is if you have a power up, um, you can't get any other power-ups. So there's a power-up with a steering wheel that improves your handling. But if you get that power-up, you actually have to press a button to use the power-up. So the, my goal is to get that power-up first and then never use it for the whole race because then you don't can't get any of the bad stuff. And that seems to work the best. Right. Um, I like how the Atari logo is randomly in there, like lap one of five. And instead of saying one dash five, it says one Atari logo five. Um <laughs> I love the, like, if you look at the background on here, it is three-dimensional parallax, which mm. is really cool. It's a great effect. I've actually never noticed that. Yeah, yeah watch it. I mean, yeah. you see the stuff in the foreground, like it's going by faster. It's like Shadow it of a the very Beast. cool 3D effect. See, yeah. right here. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at the main gameplay field. I'm just looking at the stuff in the background because it looks yeah. really good. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and the other funny thing about this, every time you finish a race... It goes yeah. to like the in between. It kind of shows your standings and stuff, and it's this creepy, somber music. I, I wish I, I wish I could play it right now, but it's so unfitting. So you're like in this action-packed, happy like like kart racing music, and then you finish. And even if you came in first or whatever, the music's always just like, and it's just like, am I sad? What just happened? Am I? Did, like, my mom pass away between races or something? What's going on? And uh, it's, 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 it's fun for a fling. It is a, a good game in the way that... Um, uh, what, what was that game that you picked last, uh, last month on the 3DO? Oh, uh, the Tokyo... <laughs> no, no, Tokyo. no, no. The other one. Not the, that one. The one that's I enjoyed. Just, that's just patently bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember that it was not it was an ovation or what about the rock guy oh um virtuosity virtuoso yeah, yeah there that's what it was virtuoso, yeah yeah it's, it's good in kind of that way it's it's fun in small bursts um but like i said i played it for the first time and and beat the whole medium difficulty cup so it wasn't particularly difficult yeah 
um, until he ran into a wall and got stuck for a minute. Atari carts. <laughs> One thing about Atari carts, too, is if you ever go try to look at the physical, like trying to buy a cartridge, that's a spicy meatball. I think it's yeah one of the one of the if not the most expensive game on the Atari. Yeah, it's very very expensive. Yeah. So there you go, go six good-ish Atari games. Yeah, and I think that's an episode. That is an episode of Pixel Guide. Literally waiting to go to bed. (laughs) I am. I'm ready to jump right into bed. You know, we don't need to admit this. We're trying to keep the energy up until we shut off the podcast (laughs) so people don't know that you're exhausted. That's okay. No, I've been keeping it up. Come on, man. Yeah, you you had a big old cup of coffee before we started. I did. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So next month on Pixel Tight Guide, we'll be talking about November-related pixel-y retro video game stuff. It's going to be Gobble Gobble Turkey Month. It's going to be gobble delicious. Exactly. Maybe I'll fry another turkey. Who knows? I don't know at this point. haven't made my plans. Cool. All right. Any last words, Tim? Uh, Thank you very much. All right. (laughs) And until then, remember, it's It's dangerous dangerous to go alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel guide in. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. I'll get you next time, Pixel Guidance.